video is transmitting. Okay, let me get the oh, music good for started. That. Yeah, good for that. So just to start off today, uh, I'd like to issue a small apology to our Spotify listeners because we changed the format a bit. We're now doing this as a live stream on YouTube and just uploading the audio to Spotify, but we never actually explain that. So we're just constantly referencing like, hey, we're on the screen, now look how different things are. And just yeah. from the audio perspective, there's nothing to disclaim that. I'm sorry about that, yeah. but like, hey, we're doing this live now. You're smart people. You figured it out. <laughs> Presumably. Or you're gone. In which case, it doesn't matter what I'm saying to you. So, you know, whatever. You're a smart person if you're here. You're very gifted. You place high in all your AP things, and you will not burn out in college. <laughs> Don't say things like... I know from experience that those two things are not mutually exclusive. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> but hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Design Dorks. Kind of a half-June episode, because the last one was very late. But mm -hmm. I am one of your co-hosts, the Duke of Dorks, runner of this channel, and joining me, as always... Hey, this is Pyrrhic Kong, director of Designing 4. How is everyone doing today? Hopefully great. It's been a... A pretty good month. I'm glad that we decided to do the live format because immediately after we did the podcast, we got like f 10 different news stories we had to cover otherwise. Got right? Oh my god. But I am uh, looking forward to discussing them. Likewise. Uh, this, is the, this is the show where we just kind of talk about the games we've played, uh, the news stories that happened, and just come up some other side things about things outside of video games. That's we don't really have an outlet to talk about otherwise. Yeah, let, let me express the weird things that I like to you. Only, except sometimes I only played video games and I just pretend that I saw something. So. <laughs> I definitely have not done that a few times as well. Exactly. Alright, but before we get into the games, as always, we have a very important segment to do first. Let me cue yes. the ha transition. Ha So is this a case where my Ridley video does not count towards him being relevant, but your grunty video is going to count as Banjo being relevant? <laughs> my guy, I am in too much heartbreak. Um, with that said, I am outperforming you, so by the scorecard Ooh, that I have invented... You went to the analytics? No! Bro, I go to the analytics every day. The belt. <laughs> I will not stand for this. I'm just saying, I'm not getting much from outside my subscriber base, so I am appealing directly to the heart of the people that I know want this. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm trying to think of a witty comeback, but that kind of hurt, man. I'm just sad. <laughs> Dude, don't live in the analytics. Otherwise, I'll just stare at my Gerudo video and go, oh. The wind, it is blowing. Uh, anyway, this is you couldn't get this it. is the segment where we pray that there will be Metroid news or Banjo news, and uh, there was a great opportunity for both in this previous month. Oh yeah, I, some would I say the best hope. opportunity Banjo has ever had. Was there even like an announcement on the Xbox Twitter or something like that? Not a crumb. <sighs> Rare said, happy 25th anniversary, Banjo. That's it. Well, okay. It was... At least we had hope 
for a moment. That 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 was something. That was nice. Yeah. But yeah, no no banjo, no Ridley. Maybe next time. Yeah. Uh, speaking of anyone in the uh, live chat, um, usually we come up with podcast tiles after this. So if we say something that you think is funny, please spam title drop in the chat so that we know <laughs> that we said something funny. That way I have to do no work in remembering what we said. Indeed. Uh, give, give, give us that humor validation we do so desperately crave. I am, like, standing here trying to do stand-up for, like, three hours for you people. The least you can do is give me, like, a pity applause once during it. <laughs> All right. What games have you been playing this month, man? Um, damn, we're getting into it. Well, this is just a quick little thing. Um, so this month, uh, I went to a little retro arcade up in Pasadena, and that oh, was really okay. nice to go up to. Just a nice way to spend a couple hours. And they had a bunch of games I'd already played, a bunch of games I hadn't. Um, a neat one that I found was one called Point Blank. And uh, the best way I can think to describe this is imagine WarioWare with a light gun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that that's the best way I can think to describe it. It's just a small minigame collection where it'll be like, shoot all of the red ducks. You have to shoot at least 15 in order to pass to the next round. You have 10 seconds and five bullets. Okay, that sounds fun. Yes, and it's that in a survival gauntlet. You have three lives and have to get through on the easy difficulty 16 rounds. I believe there are 48 total minigames in the collection. And just... This is the kind of arcade challenge that I miss because it is so easy to compare your high scores to another person when they're just like individual level timings in that. Okay. I, I, I do and, have gameplay working at the same time now. Apologies to oh, people for the fabulous. arcade version of that. That was a lot more flashes than I was expecting it to happen. Oh, yeah. No, uh, I, that'll, that'll happen there. You know, actually, we're, um, we're going to skip the gameplay for this one because that's 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 a... That's a seizure warning interesting thing. Yeah. That's a light um, gun for it, sure. It don't look like that um, <laughs> when you're playing the arcade because it's on a crummy CRT and it's not flashing every time to read the light gun input. <laughs> but it's simultaneously good ones like shoot the red ducks but not the blue ducks and that sort of thing. Or there's a hostage situation and sometimes there will be people holding hostages. Shoot the man with the gun, not the hostage. Otherwise, you lose a life instantly. And then really nice challenge ones, like there will be three 3D bouncing balls, and it's like they will only line up for like half of a second. You have five oh, seconds yes. and one bullet. Shoot all three with one bullet. Oh, those are the best kinds of mini games. Yes. I, I play Wii Sports Resort. No, 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 we play. That's the one with the gun thing. Yeah, it is so good at applying pressure to you, and I really, really love that. It's just... It was a little gem that I found, and nice. I was really happy to come and play it. Um, otherwise, just like going to the usual mainstays of, yo, someone has taste. They have Darkstalkers, the Night Warriors here. <laughs> nice. Or going, oh, they have the cabinet that has those other games, but also you can rotate it so it plays Metal Slug. That's a good game. I like <laughs> Metal Slug. And uh, all right, that was point blank. Uh what wasn't fun was Dragon's Lair. Oh, no. <laughs> well, now, you Dragon's don't, like, Lair... guess the direction where you die and have to give more quarters? 
No, Dragon's Lair is a beautifully animated video game by Don Bluth, released 1983. It looks like nothing else on the market and is a feast for the eyes. What I did not realize is that all of the sequences in Dragon's Lair before the final one are randomized. By which I don't mean like the solutions are randomized. I mean the order in which you play them are randomized. So That's you cannot so progressively get better. And simultaneously, it cannot create lo- elongated sequences that string into each other. It cannot form a cohesive narrative. And I hate it. <laughs> Because it gives you five lives and you run out of those five lives in like 45 seconds. It's like, we'll put in another one. Mm-hmm. And it is just a simple game of, okay, can you guess which of the directions or hit the sword button or hit the jump button you're supposed to do? If you do any of that wrong, you are dead. Did you do one where you have to do nothing and you swung the sword at nothing? Guess what? You swinging the sword at nothing caused you to die. I, I do agree, but at the same time, I love the concept of the animation so much that I'd kind of just tank through the pain. I love it, too, in Dragon's Lair 2, which actually has a full cohesive narrative, which is like, you get a time machine, and you just go through some sequences, like... If you have never, dear viewer, seen the sequence where Dirk the Daring gets shrunken down and is chased by a cat while Beethoven is composing one of his symphonies, and then they go into space and Beethoven becomes a rocker, and you go through a psychedelic dream trip as Beethoven is composing his fifth symphony, you should see that. Because it's really cool. And it's amazing animation. This one is just like, Dirk is on the swingy ropes. Did you go onto the rope and get the swingy rope? No? Wow, you died. Cool. It's like, looking at that sequel, knowing that that sequel exists, it's like, God, people really did only play this game because Princess Daphne was really hot, huh? Yeah, pretty much. (sighs) So that was just... It is so disappointing because I have so much respect for Dragon's Lair as a piece of animation and as a piece of interactive gaming media. And I think that it's actively sabotaging itself in order to get more money out of you. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's an old-school arcade game. There's a lot of them like that. Well, it is, but, like, I'm used to arcade games being mean to me. I'm used to, like, having Rugal beat the shit out of me and there be nothing that I could do about it and there just be, like, rounds where I can't win. I'm used to Bison perfectly predicting my inputs and just going, okay, yeah, whatever, that was invincible. What are you going to do, die? Yes. I'm not used to the game making itself worse so that I will give it more money. <laughs> uh, how, how much money did you spend on it? Just out of curiosity. Uh, none because it was on free play. Oh, and the okay. arcade, the arcade was like one of those uh, you pay 10 bucks and you get an hour. Oh, oh, that's that's so much better. Yes, I agree. Or you pay 25 and you get the whole day. 
which I eventually ended up doing because it was like, eh, I'm going to be here for like two and a half hours. That that time's out. Yeah, yeah. I sure. saved five bucks. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, I played some other games there, but not things that were super of note or that stuff that I've already talked about here, like Street Fighter 2 I've talked about here and et cetera, et cetera. I could talk about, oh, I played Donkey Kong again. I played Miss Pac-Man again. I like those games. They had a Smash Ultimate setup. I played that again. Wait, arcades, do you... God, that sounds like so much more fun than I ha- what I have. It it was a good find. I will, It was like six minutes from my hotel. It was great. Nice. Okay. Um. So the other, like, game game that I played this month that is sure to talk about is I finally... Finally got around to at least a couple of hours of Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Okay, nice. I was hoping you'd talk about this eventually because I want to know something about it before I buy it for Rayman. Right. So this game is a massive expansion on and I would say improvement on in a lot of ways of the original Mario plus Rabbids. It's still that uh, tactical RPG. You move your units, your opponent moves their units, XCOM style cover shooter based thing. Mm -hmm. Um, The difference being that it is now zone based as opposed to grid based. So you have a full zone of 3D movement and you can do whatever the hell you want in that zone. You're not limited to actions in it. Basically, it's like So you can move around in it all you want. You could collect all of the coins that you want in that area. You can get all the power-ups you want in that area. And essentially your characters will be like, okay, you have one dash. So you can tackle physically one enemy and then run back into cover anywhere else in that area. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or you can jump off your teammate and you'll have a little itty-bitty zone of movement after you land that you can do things with. And... It's very, very freeing and liberating. The game already uses great use of this. Um, One of the earliest missions that I got was there's an army of armored Goombas that cannot be hurt at all by your guns. The only thing that you can do is run into them and then grab them and throw them out of bounds. And you can throw as many of them as you would like out of bounds in a turn, given that they are in your area. And if they are in a line because their AI lined them up in a line, then you can dash through the entire line, given that they are also in your range. The issue, of course, being if you overextend and like jump to an area, then you are completely vulnerable unless that also happens to be next to cover that is away from the rabbits that are taking pot shots for you. Okay. And the best part of this is that it scales the enemy levels to a specific challenge level. And this was challenge level 10, the maximum that the game allows for. So if a single Goomba touches you, that's half your health gone. Yes. Okay. That was really, really great and really engrossing. And even me using my tank character, Rabid Mario, who I love now, I did not like Rabid Mario in the original game because it's like, I have to use Mario anyway. Why would I use Rabid Mario? You no longer have to use Mario. Mario is freed yes. from his shackles of fighting That's forever. One of my biggest problems with that game. And Rabid Mario 
is just Vine Sauce's Mario voice. Just go, hey, mamma mia, what you doing, big baluka? He is just your tank, and his attack is just, he punches them, but his punch is so strong it sends out Aura Aura shockwaves that hits everything in his zone, so he is a close-ranged AoE specialist who just sinks damage, so I had my team of him and Peach to survive this onslaught. And the fun part is... You do not heal in this game until after you hit certain checkpoints or you have to use yes. bits of your skill tree in order to get healing. So there are ways to make that easier, but I actually had to rotate my party because I did this challenge. That, that's another thing I felt was just objectively worse than XCOM because in XCOM, if you're, your soldiers can die for one thing, but even if they get hurt, they have to take some time in an infirmary to get back into the fight. So forcing that level of having to adapt to the situation that you were given by the game was the one thing I felt was the most missing, and I'm so happy to hear that that's in it now. Yes. Um, I love the new rabid character they've introduced in Edge. I think that she is exactly what you think. It is just, we put our Edgelord OC, the joke is that she is a rabid, but it is played completely straight, and it is kind of beautiful, and she's really fun to play as. All right. um, they also add a little bit of customization where you can get your own spark, which is the rabid Luma, and mm -hmm. you can equip those to individual party members. So, like, you can give anyone that you want the ability to buff up all of your members to get a little bit of extra movement or a little bit of extra defense another one to reduce damage another one to if they take hits it reflects the damage and having that little bit of flexibility is really nice because it plays in parity with you can only do two of three actions every turn which is your character special your attack or your luma special so it plays really, really neatly with a cooldown system. It's really smart. It's really slow. Oh, like, it's, even, it's, even fast-forwarding the enemy's turns, I am saying they're like, okay, I get it. Okay, I really get it. Okay, please. Please stop. Hmm. Uh, is that in terms of both the game, like the combat and getting between, like progressing between different combat situations or just the Yes, I, I feel that the movement speed in this game in general is pretty slow as well. I'm watching gameplay right now and Mario is just kind of lightly jogging around the overworld. And yeah, also the run button is on X, so you kind of have to contort your hand to run, which is like... <laughs> weird it just feels odd um and on top of that this game has full voice acting for beepo your navigator and everyone else will say about one tenth of their line except the mario characters who are just ah oh ah ah oh oh I wonder if that's, like, a limitation placed by Nintendo or an actual design choice. Well, yeah, but then Rabid Peach will say, like, four words of her line. 
and then that's it. And then most of her sound bites will just be blah, blah. But then she'll do her special and she'll say hashtag healing journey. <laughs> that does make me wish for so much more. Or like there will be this there will be this great rabid NPC who is like the g- undersea god of his kingdom. But he's a sham and a loser and a moron. It'll be like, um, oh, hello. And then he'll have like 10 other lines of dialogue. And he'll just be like, uh, so anyway, can you guys, uh, and then he won't finish the line. Oh, and I'm like, that's, th- I hate that. I'm like, why did you run out of budget midway through the recording session? Guess they just didn't want to pay that much for the actors, I guess. But they're there. I I I understand. I don't, I'm not saying it's a logical decision. Are I'm you just pay- trying I to just like? Of- are they paying them per word? But then why does Beepo have every line of dialogue voiced? Why is it just Beepo? <sighs> anyway, I'm about five hours in, and um, I will tell you that I like this less than the Donkey Kong DLC. Because that was just compact. That was very well built. This is a lot more expansive of an idea set. This is a lot more flexible of an idea set. And I'll fully admit that I like more tunneled, more formed games, so to speak. When you're just going from point A to point B. I just... That's just what appeals to me more. But... I don't know. I still want to play it. I haven't even gotten Bowser yet, and like I have to get Bowser. Oh, absolutely. I have That's... to know what they do with Bowser. <laughs> like it, it, it's an RPG. I have to see RPG Bowser. That's my boy. I have to see Rabid Rosalina. I love her. I am probably going to have a team that is Bowser, Rabid Rosalina, and other for like most of the of game. Course, of course, if things pan out the way that I think they will. But yeah, it's like, it's good. I have like five nitpicks every second. Hmm. Okay. Um, also, it is very obvious when Yoko Shimomura takes over the music duties. It is very much, oh, oh, it's the Kingdom Hearts theme. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, is, is, is David... Is Grant Kirkhope still working on it as well? Yes, or? Grant is still working on it, okay. and then uh, the Ori composer is also in oh, there. Oh, yes! I didn't know that. That's a, that is a 10 out of yeah, 10 no, combo. That's a dream team. Like, I still have to go through the full OST. In general, I'm not the biggest fan of uh, full orchestra sound like they're going for here. Mm-hmm. I think that that just gets a bit lost in composition. I feel like due to the way that games have leaned, you really have to have more of a distinct sound or hit a specific genre rather than just orchestra in order to really stand out and get those melodies in people's heads. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to orchestra, it's got to be like pure high fantasy. Otherwise, it kind of just feels like you're trying to emulate that. And that disconnect always, always felt weird to me. Yeah. But yeah, um, it is, it is a good game. Caveats exist. Uh, We'll see how the Rayman DLC shakes out. I, I am hopeful. I am hopeful. Yeah. I also saw that there was a DLC and there was like a rabid King Bob-omb and his name was not King Bob-omb and I'm very upset. 
Uh, Just throw another nitpick on the file. Exactly! Escape has so many 9 out of 10 ideas that are like, but... I've been talking your ear off. You go. You do things. Okay. Let me quickly remind myself what it was I even brought this time. Right, so to, to get the traditional, like, design dorks bingo cards things out of the way, uh, TFT had a new set. It's fun. Don't feel the need to say anything more than that. They added more th- layers on top of the layers that are already there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's, that's literally... <laughs> Great. Awesome. Tell me about Age of Empires. I will happily tell you more about Age of Empires. I finished all of the Return of Rome stuff. And it... Okay. That that is such a bizarre, bizarre game. Uh, Still a lot of the same complaints. I keep killing my own units with my own catapults, which just kind of feels like a weird... Like, I know you're trying to emulate the same thing that worked in Age of Empires 2 with 1... But the projectiles mm-hmm. traveled way faster in two than one. So you're more likely to hit your own units instead of there. But overall, I, I still think it holds up to uh, the uh, second installment of the series. Uh, the campaigns are still beautifully voiced, beautifully told. It's one of my favorite ways to learn more about a historical figure. To kind of put yourself in an RTS scenario that they went through and then kind of tell the story beats in between mm-hmm. through, like, narration. That's what Starcraft right. does, it's what Warcraft does, it's what this does. And it's just... Tying that with real-world history is just... Learning that learning is at its best when it's fun, right? Yeah. I, I know a lot more about Trajan of Rome and Sargon of Akkad than I ever, ever had before, and that's just a fun feeling. Nice. Uh, visuals are great. Music's great. I can't believe... They, 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 just, they didn't have to do this, but they noticed that people were like, we kind of thought you'd be remaking the old campaigns in the new game as well, but they're just doing new ones for this expansion because it's a new thing. But because mm-hmm. these developers are awesome, they're like, you know what? That's right. We should remake some ones. Here, we'll, 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 remake, we'll remake the ones that you want first. Just because they're neat like that. I love that. That's fair. That's good. Yeah. Overall, a great time. And then this just good. a couple other small things. I went back to that arcade bar we visited while you were here. Right. Yes. I uh, didn't spend much time on it. Uh, oh, gosh, I didn't write the n- name of the game down. There, there was one arcade game where it was a top-down view, kind of kind of a Binding of Isaac kind of deal, <laughs> where the left joystick was used for movement and the right was used for aiming. Which, okay. that is such a smooth control scheme. I oh, I believe it. I can't it. remember if that's how Binding of Isaac did it, but if it's not, it, it should, because you can completely focus... Like, you can't aim any better than that, because you can easily dodge and aim at whatever's running at you, any projectiles aiming at you, and it's it's the most fluid, like, top-down perspective of a shooter I've ever experienced. Loved it. Right, it's a, it's a perfect eight-direction game, yeah. And then uh, I played Street Fighter Two for a little bit, just to confirm if I could do Zongief spinning pile drive on an old arcade cabin, I can reliably, and that felt very good. Oh, good! Oh, sweet! Oh, and that's hard. They actually, you actually have to get the frame window right there. So, uh, AI is bullshit, but <laughs> yes, it is. That was still quite validating to uh, do. And I think I'm just going to move on to my mediums. Yeah, go, go I've for got it. Three. Yep. Uh, I've been on a bit of a sci-fi kick lately. Okay. And whenever that happens, I always end up going back to uh, XCOM. 
You're talking about Sparks of Hope for a bit. I want to talk about... I, I normally play XCOM 2, but today I decided, like, well, this month I decided to be like, you know what, I haven't played the original version of that reboot for a while. Let's, let's check this out and see how this is aged now that both XCOM 2 and the Mario Rabbit spin on it has existed. Mm-hmm. So, I'm sure most viewers are familiar with uh, Mario plus Rabbids, but to give a bit of information on how XCOM differentiates itself from that, XCOM mm-hmm. does not have set characters, more so generic soldiers that will evolve based on how you play with them, and that kind of... It, it, it's one of those create-a-story experiences, for lack of a better way of, of doing it. Like, you'll have this character and... He'll randomly just be really, really good at landing any shot that you need him to, or this one will just panic no matter what. And you'll kind of start forming these little internal narratives about how your characters are growing and evolving as they face this alien threat. Yeah, exactly. For those of you who only play Nintendo, um, if you've ever heard of something called a Nuzlocke, it's like that. You don't have to do it as a Nuzlocke. I never do it without Nuzlocke rules, but you don't technically have to do that. You can save and just try to tackle each situation in whatever way you can, try to get the perfect run. I hate doing that. I love having to... Well, I, love's a strong word. It can be very frustrating when an alien gets a 30% chance shot on you and just kills your best character, but I love having to adapt to that. Just being like, okay, that ruins all of my strategies from here going forward, but let's see if I can, let's see if I can salvage this in some way. I've got two more yeah. rockets left. Let's see if I can make this work. The threat adds so much to every decision. Where it feels like Absolutely. you are making a calculated risk, and if that risk pays off, you feel neutral. Mm-hmm. If the risk does not pay off, your life is ruined, and you've just wasted four hours of your life. <laughs> Indeed, and I was because this is the only XCOM game I've played, so oh, this is the only one, one I can invest. Okay, okay, yeah, cool, I've played cool. like eight hours of this one. I. Uh, did a nice run, got very far my first try, and then I got to a bridge and fucking ate it. <laughs> oh, the bridge levels are the worst. Because you'll just have those thin men units drop down on you randomly and from behind cut your own cover. And they start an overwatch so you can't move without taking a shot from them. And they have, like, the best aim out of any of the early game aliens. It's so... Uh, I love this game so much, it can be downright abusive at times if you're playing it as a Nuzlocke. That does add to the tension of the game tremendously, but, like, your rockets always have a 90% chance of hitting, so there's a 10% chance that you're just launching a, like, an 8-tile radius explosive that will kill anything it hits in just any direction. Mm -hmm. You often get aliens that will just kind of kind of cluster together that's not how encounters are designed to be balanced but if you get hit that without having rockets to deal with clustered enemies you'll just die immediately your soldiers will panic which is the most frustrating thing in the world just randomly losing control of your units and sometimes they'll shoot your own units in the panic mm-hmm. like it, it does add to the narrative value of it tremendously because you like see the the human reaction to oh god there's aliens here oh god this thing's 12 feet tall fully muscled and charging towards me I'm going to die. Yeah. But that's also when you can't reload saves. A very frustrating experience. I think I have only beaten this game twice. And I think I've gone through triple digits numbers of runs. <laughs> oh, I believe you. Like this particular run, I got very, very far. But uh, 
for anyone familiar with the game, there's a level with these enemies called chrysalids, which are these super insectoid, four-legged, but also centaur-like creatures that will have these huge mandibles that they'll charge at you, and if they get at your units, they will instantly kill them as they grab them, just jut their mandibles into their neck, and their units will get back up as zombies. Yes, I vaguely remember this, and I hate it. If those zombies are allowed to uh, incubate for two turns, they'll burst into new chrysalids, so it's a very easy way of just... Oh my god, you're died. making me flash back to the stupid farm <laughs> where everyone died and became a zombie. I have it's, I have buried this so... thought in my soul. <laughs> I'm glad you can empathize with this, because you make one mistake, and that mistake turns into three more mistakes. I hate the egg farm so much! Because this particular mission, you're dealing with a a fishing village. So there's just these sharks hanging up every now and then. You can see that they're kind of twisting. And you have to get close to them or throw an explosive at them for the chrysalid to burst out of that shark and start charging at you. But at the very end of the mission, there's a whale that's been beached. And that thing spawns these enemies infinitely. So you have to plant a bomb there and run back to your uh, ship to escape. And the entire time, these things are just charging at you the entire time. I got I got a team wipe there, and that ruined my entire run. Which, like, is so frustrating. But at the same time, there's no game that can give that feeling of tension in my heart. Just being like, oh god, I am being overwhelmed by zombie insect creatures. I just need one person to survive. Just one person, and I get the rewards for this mission. Yep. And I love that feeling so oh my god. much. The feeling when everything goes to shit and you're like, okay, can I save this one unit? I accept that I have failed, but please just let this one live and have PTSD. I don't care. Yeah, I, I love those moments where you're like, okay, I got... There, there's one... Are you... You probably wouldn't remember this because you have to be familiar with the game to do it, but anytime you hear an alien move around... You can tell what that alien is based on the sound effect that plays when you get that little prompt. You'll hear a roar or something moving. And right. there's no feeling in the game worse than just being like, okay, it was a close call, but I think I'll make it. And they just hear, shh, something's out there. And you just recognize that, oh god, that's that's like, I haven't faced that yet. I am not equipped to deal with a unit that big. That's, that's the berserk. That's the thing with 20 health that'll charge at me anytime I damage it. And just the panic of, okay... If every single one of my units hits their sh Overwatch shots and gets a crit, maybe it'll work? Like, the, the mm -hmm. gameplay that's playing right now, the guy just spawned, like, five different encounters at once, because that's just what happens sometimes. <laughs> it's an abusive game. I love it. I hate playing it, but it's a 10 out of 10. Good. Uh, what else have you been playing this month? Um, so I have been on... Basically a kick just to gather a bunch of footage that I need for some projects. I'm going through a lot of Mario games. Okay. Um, Not listed here, so I won't expect you to pull up gameplay for it, like, immediately. Surprise! Uh, went through Tetris Attack. Alright, um, nice. Which, guess what? Remember when I talked about Pokemon Puzzle League? This is like that, but it's Yoshi. Um... This game is really easy and for babies. Um, it is way easier than Puzzle League, and the game cannot handle how much lag happens any time that you do a big combo. It is <laughs> impressive how 
ill-equipped the Super Nintendo is for baby puzzle game. Like well, it has it a lot is, of effects playing at the same time. It is, but it is dying. Every time that I'm like, okay, I've cleared the things. Because of the lag, I am missing my combo. Ah, that's always the worst feeling, yeah. There's a struggle. The feel of the game is slightly different from Puzzle League, and that drives me crazy. However, I did clear the hardest difficulty without dying once. Nice. Which... Is, is that an expression not, of skill, or is it just... I don't know, because, like, the enemy didn't punish me. Like, only Kamek ever got more than, like, a four chain on me out of the 13 different stages, and that he was the second to last. Yeah. Just constantly going, hocus pocus, hocus pocus. Do I mean paled upon? No, Tetris Attack has a different soundtrack and different graphics setup, and I think I prefer Tetris Attack soundtrack just a little bit more. Even though, admittedly, I do prefer the aesthetic of paled upon. Like, it replaces the cute Ojo-sama girl with the oh ho ho laugh with Raphael the Raven, and I'm like, that's not a replacement. <laughs> That's that's a big bird. Um, I do like what happens when you lose once and then clear the story mode, mm-hmm. which didn't happen to me. But I was looking at footage to just compare to and like I just lost once just to see what would happen. So I would get for footage because the game expects you to go through with a perfect clear, which is, I guess, why it's easy. And in the perfect clear, Bowser will be like, I have been defeated so utterly. Who could have imagined a Yoshi like you, a weak little Yoshi, could have destroyed everything that I am in puzzles? Ah! Whereas in the regular ending, Bowser goes, I will return. And then everyone does their little celebration. At the end, Yoshi goes, something doesn't feel right. It's not enough to just beat Bowser. We have to destroy him. We have to make sure that he utterly can never come back again. And it just ends on that note. Damn, Yoshi. I know you had that in you. Right? (laughs) Victory isn't enough. He must be utterly erased. Uh, where, where's that characterization of Yoshi been this entire time? I'd love to right? character way more. <laughs> <sighs> so anyway, uh, that's Tetris Attack. Um, play Pokemon Puzzle League. It's it's that, but like it's better. Hmm. But it does not have Yoshi going, we must erase Bowser. <laughs> uh, but I went through Super Mario All-Stars. Nice. And... For those not in the know, Super Mario All-Stars is a collection released for the Super Nintendo in 1993 containing Mario 1, Mario 2, Mario 3, and the then-unreleased Super Mario Bros. The Lost Levels, which was the Japanese exclusive version of Mario 2, because as a little-known fact, the Super Mario Bros. 2 released in the USA was known as Doki Doki Panic. Yes, nobody has ever told me about this before Free i'm bit. shocked <laughs> but yeah uh went through mario one part of mario two and then i got bored part of lost levels and i was like this is mario one but worse so i stopped and went through mario three um so i'm mostly going to be focusing on mario one and three okay um 
Mario 1 is such a strange game because it kind of feels like an extended tutorial for about 90% of the game. Like, once you get Mario's momentum down, there is very, very little to challenge you in between Worlds 1 and 6. Like, it is very much a straight shot and is very much all about learning Mario's momentum. Because this is probably the game where Mario has the most weight on him of all of the Super Mario Brothers games. Like, this man feels chonky whenever mm-hmm. he jump. Like, in a lot of Mario games, you can reverse your momentum in the air. This one, he commits to every jump. And that, more often than not, is going to be what kills you. Either that or a Hammer Brother. Yes, indeed, indeed. And because of that, I found myself kind of just speeding through Worlds 1 through 6. Pretty pretty freely and you know i don't play a lot of these levels usually you just go world one world four world eight and that's your path through the game yeah because everyone knows how to optimize those warp zones Mm -hmm. but just going through nah that's a clear shot then world eight hits and it's like okay but actually play the game now because eight one is the longest level in the game, and it is an utter gauntlet of just, why is there more level? What am I doing wrong here? Even going through it quickly, you will still probably get the hurry-up music at the end. Mm-hmm. 8-2 is interesting because it has a one-up right at the very beginning. All you have to do to get it is basically avoid a Lactu and about four paratroopas. So it feels bad only if you screw up the first portion of the level, but then there is a jump where you have very little space to build momentum to properly get up the gap. So it's very much a check of, do you understand this game's momentum well enough? And if you skipped levels to get there, then the answer is probably not. 8-2 is probably a good wall for you. And if it is, 8-2 is kind of baby like there's a lot of super mushrooms in this level specifically it's very oddly forgiving um eight three also has a ton of super mushrooms it's like there are three different points i believe in the level where you can get a power up the issue is all of those areas are double hammer brother areas and then after those are just flat ground and two Hammer Brothers, which is the worst. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. just icky. Now, if you have a Fire Flower earlier in that stage, good for you. That's easy. Free. Beautiful. If not, little. You're probably not getting out of the level as Big Mario. You're probably getting out as Small Mario. Which then leads to 8-4, which is a maze with zero power-ups. Oh, that's brutal. Yes, you can get there with a ton of lives and it will wear you down. Mostly because at the very end, right before Bowser is a single hammer brother. (laughs) That's so mean. I respect that. And then Bowser is just there and he also throws hammers. 
He's just like, yeah, I learned this. Isn't that fun? <laughs> so it's literally Hammer Brother, One Pit, Bowser, but with hammers. And you know, that whole stretch would be mindless if you could take one hit. But if you take one hit anywhere else in the level, that's it. You gotta do it perfect. I love that so much. It, it's crazy to see that level of just developer shenanigans against the player so early on in video games life cycle. Yeah. It amazes me that there's like all of Super Mario Brothers and then there's 8-4. But yeah, uh, beat that. It's neat. It felt really neat to do. Nice. And if you bring a power up through that, like, you feel so tense because you know the Hammer Brother is there at the end and you're probably going to need it. And then you go, no, I got hit by the fire that's in the water. Why is there fire in the water? Why? <laughs> <sighs> Anyway, then I played Mario 3, and I was like, oh my god, it controls so much better. Oh my god, I feel like I can jump to places. Life is good, Mario can move. Mario goes really fast when he runs. The level design is optimized so that you can run really quickly. This feels cool. Like, it is insane how much of a leap it is going from Mario 1 to Mario 3. Just, like, directly. I recommend anyone just do that. Just play Mario 1 for a bit, put it down, play Mario 3 for a bit. You will feel just how much they learned and just how much more control you have of Mario. Like you are such a more flexible and athletic character in Mario 3. I respect the hell out of Mario 3 because I earnestly believe... That they did not get out all of their cruelty in Lost Levels and just decided to make really, really mean challenges toward the end of Mario 3. I am impressed how it uses simple cruelty to its advantage. Because often there will be points where they love using this enemy, the Venus Fire Trap, which is the piranha plant that comes out of its pipe and it shoots two fireballs at you and then yeah, retreats yeah, yeah. back into the pipe. And if you're right next to the pipe, as usual with piranha plants, they do not come out. The issue being, they will often put two of them on opposite sides of a platform in the center. So... If you go through it straight, if you just cruise through the level, you can get through that no problem. You can jump to the mill platform and get over the next fire trap before it goes up. Like, you can manage. If you hesitate at all, you will have to wait for that one plant to go down so you can safely get the fireballs to go across, jump in. You will then have the one behind you going up. So you are now officially off cycle with both of them. Oh... And you have to work out, okay, how long can I hold this piranha plant so that it spawns at a different time opposite of the other one? You are creating discomfort for yourself. And that is probably the best way that I can describe the last two worlds of Mario 3, which is uncomfortable. And then sometimes they'll do things like they'll have that set up and then there will be a thwomp at the other side. 
So you have to bait the thwomp into falling down, jump back to the platform while the fire trap is spawning. So you have to do it while compensating for the fireballs and jump up before the thwomp gets all the way back up so you can run underneath it. Or they'll combo it with the Patooie. And you know from Smash Brothers how evil that Patooie projectile is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, it's the worst. It will just randomly shoot up. It doesn't have a pattern. You just have to go. It's like the new baby version of the Hammer Brother. And it's amazing how they can just put these combinations of these three obstacles, the piranha plant, the fire trap, and the thwomp, and sometimes a boo so that you have to keep your positioning in check mm -hmm. and constantly pressure you like that. I've, like, I've, I've spent so long just kind of wondering, like, why... I've played some. I tried to play Mario so many times. Why? Why am I not good at these games? I think I understand why now. Just hearing that ramble. <laughs> Mario Three has fascinated me because for a long time I've always put Super Mario World above Mario Three. Mm -hmm. I just like that game a lot more. And I was like, is it because I grew up with it? No, I had All Stars and World at the same time growing up. And I loved, like, the worlds of Mario 3. I loved the ideas of Mario 3. So why did I gravitate toward World so much? It's probably because Mario 3 is really, really mean. And I respect that so, so much. It is... It is creating the sort of things that you think about when you are making a really cruel Mario Maker level with like half of the usual resources that you would use a normal Mario Maker level for. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It is figuring out really smart ways to take this incredibly flexible character of Mario and put him under constant pressure. And that's really, really cool. It's such a smart game, and I I think I'm willing to say of the 2D platformer Marios, I think Mario 3 is the most well-considered of all of them. Okay, okay, even more than World? Let me get to that. <laughs> because then I played Super Mario World, and I jumped once as Mario, and I went, oh, this is why I like it more. Oh, 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 he's the good jump. The, oh, I love it. The eternal jump test. There's just some times where you hit the jump button and you're like, this is a good game. And you hit, or in other games, you hit the jump button and go, this is a classic Sonic game. Ugh. <laughs> but yeah, no, I hit the jump button in Mario World and he feels so good. He's so loose. I don't have to worry about landing on a single block anymore and just accidentally moving my toesies too far and falling off. I can land on that single block and they can compensate for it very well. Like Mario World is such a more freeform game than Mario 3. Um, naturally, I think that what well, you can just tell the difference in philosophy between their flying power ups. Mario 3's is a fantastic continuation of your momentum. It is an evolution of Mario's um, continued movement. It is essentially a prolonged super jump. And the ability to hover naturally allows you to handle platforming a lot easier. Yes. Mario World's cape, by contrast, is a lot less self-explanatory. You go up and then you crash down. 
is very, very quick. Um, you don't have the same amount of freedom as you do with Mario 3s because you don't really need it. Mario has a lot more control. That stall can sometimes create moments of hesitation that the levels aren't built for. Mm. When you master that cape, levels become trivial. Levels become your oyster. You can break them in any way, explore them to the depths, and often, more often than not, the level will reward you with extra secrets for doing so. And that, I feel, is the difference between Mario 3 and Mario World's level philosophies. Mario 3 is very, very carefully curated challenges. Mario World is a lot more of a free-form use of movement and exploration. And you see this with the cape, and you especially see it with Yoshi, and how many jumps you do with him like there is a reason that sacrificing yoshi to gravity is such a meme because so much of the game is built around that anyway it's it, it's a good platformer it you jump really good it, it feels super good when, when you do the jumps like i don't know what you guys want you hit the button it feels good it's really good at that <laughs> and mario has little victory animations where he's like i'm just gonna pick up this entire castle yeet wait seriously I thought, I thought that was just a <laughs> i thought that was just a meme where for the no nah, no nah, he picks up thing. the entire castle picks... <laughs> and and pushes it somewhere else I had no he idea. He gets a broom and he wipes the castle out of existence. I need to look up the victory animations for those castles now. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. He tries to detonate the castle and it shoots off like a rocket ship and lands on a mountain. And the mountain has eyes so it gets a little bandage. That mountain now permanently has a bandage in the overworld for the rest of the game. Really? Oh, that's yes. so good. I love things like that it's so cute they explore so many neat ideas with things like the boo houses which i think the actual solutions lean into haha <laughs> we're trying to be clever with this wink wink nudge nudge a little too often hmm. but i do think that they are good little brain teasers it's fun to figure out how to reverse engineer these solutions I like Mario Sprite in 3 more than World. That's fair. Mario Sprite in 3, he's a good little guy. I do like him a lot. Mario World, that man has been in so many YouTube videos where he murders people. And he goes, Mama Booker. Every time. <laughs> uh, this is very true. I understand why you are apprehensive about trusting Mario World Mario with anything, but he jumps really good. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's uh, that's my opinion on I, what I would say is the classic three slate of Mario games. And I do think it gets better with every one, and I think all of them are good for, honestly, I would say different reasons. Nice. You have the, the official ranking now. Yeah, it, it's the same as it was the last time I ranked it. But I like Mario 3 more now. All right. Mario World Sprite looks weird. It looks wrong. You're wrong. You probably hate Kirby, Kirby Superstar Sprite, which is also wrong. That's perfect. <laughs> That's the man I grew up with. I would give him forehead kisses because he's a sweet boy. 
Uh, I love having to live chat for these now. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else in Mario or should I go? Uh, no. Uh, go right on ahead. I started playing a little bit Yoshi's Island, but I'm only like four levels in. That game should have shorter levels at the start. <laughs> uh, but it's a Yoshi game. It wouldn't be Yoshi without taking a little longer than it should. I think that that is weighing it down a lot. Yeah, it's a, it's a Yoshi game. <laughs> I think that that is like the big reason that people are like, no, I don't really feel like replaying Yoshi's Island. Because like you do three levels and by the time you do it in a Mario game, you're done with the first world halfway through the second. Yoshi's Island is an amazing game. I just don't want to play the first world again. Uh, we're, 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 we're safe states when you need them. So let me, let me download those on the Switch. Yeah. Okay. All right. Say, say whatever you need before we talk about Street Fighter again. Yep. All right. Gameplay up. Make sure it's not in a cinematic because they can get gross. Alright, that'll work. So Dibbles 4 came out, Diablo 4. It's ah. been traditionally been a game I've played a lot with my brother. Mm -hmm. I think I am three acts into the game, and this is an utterly bizarre game. How do I... Oh, good! I, I was hoping this. that it would either I, that wouldn't be really good or really bad. I was hoping for this. No, I, 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 I'm having so much fun with the game, but you know what it is? I can feel that Blizzard is bleeding talent while playing this game, because there are certain elements of this game that are utterly phenomenal. The atmosphere is perfect. the The animations are perfect. Creature designs are horrifying, and I love it. They have nailed the vibe of Diablo 4 perfectly. Uh, Diablo is <laughs> a weird game where it's almost a a reverse Doom for me, for lack of a better way of putting it. Doom is a game that I go in for like a, an adrenaline rush. I want to just ha be hit with that super hyper fixation of just like, oh, I got to get around all the enemies and shoot everything. I'm just heartbeats at like 160 beats per minute the whole time, the whole time. Diablo is the exact opposite, but in the same setting. Like, it is a very chill, very relaxing, just complete power fantasy like Doom is. But I'm just kind of sitting back to have a conversation yeah. with my brother, yeah. being like, yeah, I'm pressing buttons yeah. and things are dying. Lo-fi beats to go through hell with. I get you. <laughs> we don't get a good title, that's it. <laughs> there we go. I was proud of that. But then there's just... I don't know if it's the game balance or the frequency of encounters, but I kind of just stop paying attention so much in this game, get utterly, dele utterly deleted by something random that I just couldn't have seen coming. It's a very... It's, it's, I, I, I can't put it to words. There is a discrepancy in the quality of various areas of the game mm -hmm. that just give off the impression of, okay, whoever was in charge of this left the game two years ago, and this is just what they were able to do with it. Does that make any sense? Uh, no, 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 yeah, perfectly. I've, I've played Mass Effect. I know what you're talking about. 
That's a good comparison, actually, yeah. Like, there are... There are moments in this story, the stories of these games that are genuinely impactful. Like, going from Diablo 3 to this is so, so polarizing, because Diablo 3 was very much the the video game writing of that time. You'll have the main villain going like, Oh, you defeated my invaders on the walls of the castles, but we've infiltrated the catacombs and you'll never stop them there. Just, like, giving away their entire plan so that the player knows to go. It Very just paint-by-numbers of just, oh, yeah, look here, 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 here. Mm-hmm. And it just makes it so you can't take the story seriously. Yeah. This is very yes. much not so. Just, there's a horrible situation. You try to fix it, it gets worse, and that's just it. You're dealing with the minions of hell. The villain of this game is perfect. I love Lilith so much. It's uh, The lore of Diablo is very much a... War of Heaven and Hell, and humans are just kind of stuck in the middle. Yeah, as most stories that do that do. Yeah. yeah, but Lilith is a third party that's trying to, like, empower the humans to overcome both of them, which creates a really interesting dynamic where you'll actually get, like, the main baddies of Hell. you like, have Mephisto just come up to you and be like, hey, yeah, like, I know we're supposed to be enemies, but, like, Lilith over there, she's, she's a problem right now. How, how about I help you here for a second? And that's an interesting dynamic. I love the world building of that. You should play a Shin Megami Tensei game. I've tried. I got bored. You should play four specifically. I got that. That was the one I tried to play. Damn. That's the good one. <laughs> Sorry. But then you'll, they'll do that. And then like 90% of like the meat in between that is just nothing. It, it, it's JRPG writing. You'll have like these monumental moments that kind of have you sitting back in your chair for a second and then then the next thing will be just like oh we gotta introduce you to the the way the mechanics work in the shop let's send you on a fetch quest to do this one thing we'll we'll, we'll throw in like a piece of world building but like like when we were watching tarvold play ff16 play ff16 i was just thinking You had the fantastic duel at the start of the game, and then you get to the main hum, and it's like, okay, deliver these three bowls of food to these people around here. And it's just like, how do we go from there to there? It's, it's... I don't know. I'm still having fun. There's a lot of great ideas here. I love how easy it is to respect respect characters. You'll find a legendary that completely changes everything. It's just so fun to see... Like, oh, this particular item causes your arrows to splice off when you use this one ability and just trying to get as many of those splices in any direction. I just wish there was... I I think I need to play more of it, but there's something missing here that feels utterly bizarre that I just can't... I, I feel like I'm looking at a puzzle that is missing a few pieces and a few pieces were just brought in from somewhere else and it's just not quite clicking in a very weird way. I, I'll, I'll have to come back to this in a later episode. No, no, I've, I've played Yu-Gi-Oh decks that got retrains that almost make the archetype work. It sounds like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I... The... It's appealing to see all the options that are there, but there's just such a huge disrepancy in which works and which doesn't that it's just like oh yeah the person that balanced that no longer works there okay okay they work well they're, they're on path of exile now or something yep yeah, that, that's all i got on diablo though gotcha uh you got anything else or are we just talking about street fighter for the rest no of we're us? going to street fighter my Yay! guy it's time to talk about street fighter yo how many of you have street fighter if not, you should have Street Fighter, because it is really, really good. Oh, like, I, 
How, how far you've gotten in World Tour? Like, no, no spoilers, but just what, what was the last teacher you met? Ah, oh, God, which one was it? I'm still not far because summer job difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I want to say Cammy. Okay, so you're, you're you're farther than me. You're farther than me. I just got okay. non. Okay. I think she's through a side quest though, so that might not really tell me yeah. about much. Yeah, I I don't think I got Manol, so I have to go back to do it because I was just like I, I really want to shotgun some main ones so mm. that I can get to where I need to be. All right, all right. Because I still don't have a good setup for Hercule, and ah. that upsets me. I. <sighs> what what is the setup you have in mind like what's your ideal setup for your hercule character um let's see i need i need dj's level one which i have because he needs dynamite kick uh i need marissa's gladius Mm. um and then i want some goofy grapples like i want his him to have the manach whirl (laughs) (laughs) all right yeah yeah because that just works for me for hercule as a character and that I just I have to experiment more with what I like because part of me is just like, what if he just had SPD? <laughs> SPD would be a really good button to have. <laughs> It'd be really fun. And probably some Luke bullshit. I don't know. It's too bad no character just has a gun. No, that would yet. work. J- JP kind of sort of. That that's not a gun. That's a genie that just shoots out of him. It's a gun with genie-shaped bullets. No, I don't want a genie gun. I want a gun gun. <laughs> this Maybe game some has been bullshit. So ridiculously fun, though. Like, Yeah, little things like the minigames and everything. I'm coming to the problem where... I feel guilty playing one mode of the game over the other because I Uh feel like I should finish World Tour. On the other hand, I want to play all of the other characters and learn them and figure out what they're doing because that part of the game fascinates me on an intellectual level. And then the other part of the game, I'm like, well, I can't go to the Battle Hub ever because Hercule is not finished. So I can't play... He's still too ugly, so I can't play Mega Man the Power Fighters today, but, so I just miss out on playing Mega Man the Power Fighters entirely. Have you tried the But then if I'm playing World Tour, I'm not learning how to play Manol. No, I haven't played the Extreme Rules at all. They're so much fun. Like, I was shocked to see just how enjoyable those were. I was, I was playing the game with Yogg for a bit there. Shout out to Yogg. He does the music for this show. Shout out to Yogg. Try to do was planning on doing like four matches and we played for like four hours mm-hmm. but we did the uh, extreme rules for a bit the one that you passing a bomb between each other and the one where you have like a set list of things you have to accomplish like you right. grab uh, the opponent four times and parry them three times and each person gets a separate list you can kind of just stonewall people out by being like okay you just need to get grabs if i am always spamming grabs you can never beat me right now i can just run down the clock yep and the bomb is like the bomb pass back thing does like a third of your health whenever it explodes. You're playing the most dangerous game of hot potato, and it's so funny. Good. Oh, oh, that's Tekken Ball. I love Tekken Ball. 
exactly, exactly. Uh, what I have fallen in love with with this game is just the ability to pick up and play characters because I have never enjoyed Cammy in my life playing her before. Then I realized that all I had to do to beat you was pick her and spam light punch. And it's like, if I do four of these, it goes through your focus. And then what, what do I do? I have nothing left past that point. Exactly. I think you that went like 10-0 with me playing the Zangief. I'm pretty sure. Oh, that frustrates me so much. Because I picked up Zangief just to get ranked with him, just as a lark while we were talking. Mm. And immediately got to bronze with him in my rankings. And I couldn't get that with characters I knew how to play that I had an idea of. But Zangief, I just hit buttons and it works. And I went, oh, oh, this is what it feels like to be carried by a character. I get it uh, now. You, you, you just need correct reads. And you delete a third of their health. You don't even need that. You just have to hit the button and they'll go, I don't know how to do anything in that. And you go, well, I'll die. And then meanwhile, I'm beating you easily with Cammy, but I'm going, I have to do this like seven times. Why can I not win in three interactions like I can with Manal? It did feel so good to finally just kind of have it click. I, 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 I finally hit the point where I'm not no longer crouching Joy Mech fight style to block. Mm-hmm. So now I actually have some defensive options. It's feeling way better. Yes. And those moments where you realize that the parry button exists is great. And just, I am starting to love the feeling of learning characters. One thing that I just picked up today that uh, Marisa has an easy combo, which is her medium medium into Gladius. Mm -hmm. Um, Jury in between medium and medium and gladius in between the second medium and gladius she can activate her level one super for a free punish easily unless marissa uses the light version of gladius which does less and puts them in a worse position for marissa but does go through jury level one just punches her in the face this is where this game's gonna lose me because i just I don't have that ability to... Well, maybe I just haven't tried enough, but that mem- that memorization has been like, okay, I have to do this here, this here. I I need to read specific situations of what to do now. I can't remember, like, chains of things to do before or after. Which is why Zong... No, 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 see, that's, that's not an always you-have-to-be-optimal thing. That is... Because you felt it conditioning your opponent as Zangief. You have gone, I know what they are going to do here, so I am going to do this instead to break up their rhythm. Mm-hmm. I've done SPD twice when they have gone up, so this third time they're going to predict it, so I am going to do the air grab variant of SPD. What are they going to do against that? Like, you feel that. That is what that situation is. That is conditioning. That is learning your character and learning what your opponent can do. And what I am loving about this is that with the whole modern integration, it is easy to learn what a character wants to do. Because you're like, I want to do this. This is the easiest way for me to get damage with this character. I know what I'm doing here. I know how to do it. And I know what holes to poke into it. And I 
love that. That has always been the wall that has hit me for fighting games because I will hit my one or two favorite characters and then someone will do something and I'll go, I'll know what to do against this. Hmm. I'll know what they're looking for. I am just getting hidden by jab, 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 spiral arrow every time. And then you learn to adapt with that. You learn to figure it out. And now they have to learn how to counter what you have learned. That progression of constant learning is my favorite aspect of fighting games. And this game expedites that to get to that level, to get you to the point where you are indulging in that. And that's a very, very rare for a fighting game to do, to get you past that certain threshold. And I love it about that. Nice, nice. I haven't felt the uh, I- intentional conditioning yet. I'm not fast enough to just the... I kind of just do what feels right in a moment. Like I, There's not really a consistent mental through line of being like, okay, I've used this sp- main pile draft two times in a row. Like That's never an intentional thing in my brain. Mm-hmm. I, I, how do I put this? If I'm thinking I'm playing it wrong, because I, I, yes. I just get myself... I screw myself over, but if I'm just with DJ, I'm just like, okay, it would feel right at this moment to just kind of back- dash backwards for a second. That's when when things start to become habits, for lack of a better word. Yes. No, it is breaking those habits, and I love the moment where you are just feeling like they are going to do this, and then they do that. Because like, if you have to consider every option that they're doing and confirm in your brain, okay, they're going to do this one. So what should I do? What is the button combination for that? Okay, great. I have already been hit. We are in a different situation. Oh, God, oh, fuck. <laughs> uh. But if you are just like, I'm going to shore you here and it is going to hit. It has hit. Or I'm going to shore you here and it is going to hit. Fuck. <laughs> Exactly. Then you're doing it right. Uh, which characters have you really like explored so far? Uh, mostly it is Mana, uh, Cami. I experimented with Marisa a bit, but for whatever reason, I just don't like her. I don't like the feeling of just hitting the buttons. I like having the combination of the buttons. Mm-hmm. I wish I liked Jury more, but I think I like Cami more, mm-hmm. which is blasphemous. Blasphemous. <laughs> I just love the feel of Cammy. Um, experimented a bit with DJ. Um, still not quite there with him. Still want to play a bit more. Do a couple. Do his arcade ladder at the very least. Um, really want to get into JP. Really want yes. to do it. I have not touched him yet because I am afraid that when I touch him, I will go. Oh, I am no longer playing the video game. I am just playing optimally. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, other than that, no one in a really deep dive. Like I've, I've touched Ken, I've touched Honda, I've touched Blanca. I, I have to use too much of my brain for Blanca. Um, do not like Chun Li at all. Mm-hmm. Just that that is a character that requires too much. I like the differences in feel. I like knowing how much I have to commit because that helps me figure out the whole seesaw of matches. Okay, okay. Glad you got cured. I am not cured. I am lapsed. (laughs) 
I am having a moment of weakness. And I will find a way. They will find a character that is like, what if we did Tharja, but when we wrote her good instead of like Umami? And I would be like, yes, yes, you again. Was Hello. That, was that ever a point? Or... Yes, she was a horrible failure in Awakening. It was great. Uh, oh, oh, okay. I, 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 I'm following. I'm following. Yeah. She wasn't Umami. She is, this is a failure of a girl who is walking into the Hot Topic and asking for the Invader Zim merchandise. But she says the character wrong and blushes and runs out of the store and goes, oh, God, my life is over. I called him Burr. What's really funny right now is that I just picked a random Street Fighter gameplay thing, and it's Jury's intro right now. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm shocked I'm at the point of this game where I just can't wait to try new characters. Like I'm trying to learn Jamie right now. Jamie's hard. Mm. Jamie's weird. Oh, I don't Jamie like is that he loses drinks every single round. I feel like he should just like slowly get sober but like carry it over between rounds because that's how that works i i can't do jamie just, it's just like i can't take He's the moment to buff theme, myself up though. he has a great theme it feels him so and dj good. are right up there but mr top player is a banger i will give you that Also been trying to do Ken as well, and it's it shocks me how easy it is to do things with Ken. <laughs> yeah, no, you just hit the button. It's just sure you can, and his supers all just work. <laughs> it's great. I I, I want to try Dollism because Dollism's design has always just been the funniest. How, how are you saying that name? That how are you supposed to say it? Uh, Dalsim. Dalsim. Okay. I learned a thing today. I, I was it not wrong ready too, for Dalasm. <laughs> <laughs> Rhyming with the Pokemon, Balasm. Yeah, but I've loved his. I love the idea of someone that just did yoga so much that he stretched, 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 stretched. Wow, I'm still yeah, struggling. He Shrek. Yeah, Dalasm is shrekking out to the point of did yoga to stretch oneself to the point of infinity. There we go. Just took five yeah. attempts. Uh, JP as well. I just, I love that dude's aesthetic so much. Just everything about it. Like, the gameplay, I'm sure, is the rabbit hole that getting, of getting to, like, invest in competitive stuff here, which I don't know if I want to do that. I'm having so much fun now. But, like, the purple energy, the cane, the mustache. I love everything His about that guy. His win animation is... Right! When it looks like he's going to step on you, but he doesn't because he's still a gentleman at the same time. It's just, ah. Oh. 10 out of 10 character design. Absolutely. Do you know his level 3 hits you anywhere on the screen? I didn't. That's a... Uh, Wait, but how, how do you dodge it then? Block. Oh, okay. So if you're just jumping, you're dead? Yes. <laughs> yeah, just don't jump when he oh. has level 3. Oh, I... I you should, now I really want to play the character. Get, no, it, it's a full screen super. It's Phoenix Wright's UMVC3. Wonderful. Okay, sweet. But th th this has been a delightful game. I can't wait for Rashid. I've never seen that guy in like any sort of like active gameplay. Never heard his voice. That introduction to the character was perfection. 
there is a reason why people wanted him back from five why he is the yes him please no he is just a rich man who is like i'm going to both be the best fighter but also a cool streamer i was already loving his design and when he starts pointing at the camera being like welcome to this stream was like no you can't have this much in a single character he was advertising evo he's like hello my rashidiacs am i going to see you at evo That's amazing. Oh, I can't, I can't wait. He's win animation where he knocks his own camera over, and it's just a freeze frame on him just panicking it. Yes. His super catches you in 4K. Literally has the camera there with the 4K. Just, God. I, I hope this game is updated forever. Because it's banger after banger. Is, is there any design be. character design in this game that you dislike? Anyone... I have to think, like, is anyone a downgrade from what they were before? Um, I do like Classic Ken a lot, but, like, we are upgrading him from Banana Ken to Hoboken. Mm-hmm. And I like Hoboken a lot more than Banana Ken. Low bar, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, has there been a better look for any of the characters? No, no. I think depending on your tastes, Jury is arguable. Mm-hmm. But that's because, have you ever seen her Street Fighter V cl- uh, casual outfit? I have not. It's a long... Getting a fucking picture of that. Because it is just, like... There are different tastes for characters, I would say. Mm-hmm. And no, that's not it. That's not... Okay, let's try long hair. Yeah, that'll do. I think from my side, the only character I'm really just not currently feeling that much as lily yeah okay yeah that's fair okay there we go there's the design of jury that i like oh, okay i can actually like, just mm. right there i can actually just show people this now yeah and yeah I, I see that i see that yeah I'm like, yeah yeah that though that though that works i Make feel like it faces doesn't capture the vibe of the character as much like her shirt says jury it's great I mean, yes. You're not wrong. <laughs> now, Lily doesn't quite hit any mark for me. She she looks simultaneously too young and too old at the same time, and it weirds me out. Yeah, I I see the yeah. But like, even then, like that that's the I think that's the lowest point of the roster to me, and I still think she's, like, good. She serves a lot of what she's trying to do. And then everyone else is just 10 out of 10s. I know. Like, you could say that Luke is kinda eh, but compared to what he was before Mr. Military Man with the Popeye arms? Yeah, and then his character, though, just giving him the game as a gift, and he's freaked out about it, but he feels like he has to because it was a gift. God, I love Alex Lee so much. Hello, my name is Luke from Streets. 
My favorite sounds are the sounds of sand. I love cardboard and lukewarm water. <laughs> it's perfect. I wish Jury had shoes on. Same! That would solve so many problems for me personally. You could like the character without guilt. No, there would still be guilt, but it would be different. <laughs> uh, how many months do you think it's going to be before we stop talking about this game? Uh... I give it two months. Two? Okay, okay. Two months. And then uh, we will come back every time that there is a DLC that both of us want to play. I, I think even if there's a DLC I don't want to play, I'll still be so curious just to see, like, yeah, we'll how be they're like, implemented in World Tour. And Yo, guys, let's talk about Ed. I, I don't know. Maybe. Have you seen everybody else on this roster? Ed right? could be cool. He has never been cool, but maybe he will be. <sighs> yeah street fighter it's it, play it play it it's play good it, it's good it's real good real fun want to play it even more? if you don't think you want it no you do play it <laughs> all right uh got any more games uh no i don't uh shall we move on to future site indeed transition all right Future site. I am realizing I forgot to update the transition to this month's news, but that's okay. It's fine. We're fine. We're good. We're good. Anyway, I want to start the section because we're coming off of Street Fighter 6 with some Street Fighter 6 news. First off, um, Street Fighter 6 is being dominated by jury's feet, as it should be. <laughs> This is about the clan thing, right? It absolutely <laughs> is about the clan thing. In-game clubs in Street Fighter VI dedicated to Jury's feet. Six of them are some of the most popular in the world. With Jury Feet Sex at over one million club points. Followed <laughs> by clubs Jury Feet, Jury Foot Jobs, and Jury's Feet. They are too strong. Oh my god. <laughs> they are dominating the fighting game scene. Wasn't it most like of most the of entries the that were in the first Street Fighter 6 tournament in Capcom Cup were juries. That's hilarious. I okay, think I, I, it was won by a JP. But oh, you better bet the other one in Grand Finals was a jury, and I believe there were six players in the top 16 that were juries. <laughs> this is... <laughs> this is such a hilarious narrative. I, I can't wait to... If this is still happening by the time of Evo, I hope they run with it. Like, if you have to tell what clan name the people are in... <laughs> oh my amazing. god. Imagine this on ESPN. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, oh, God. <sighs> anyway, that's all the news. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Nothing else matters beyond that. Uh, but to uh, go on a bit, um, just to do the other Street Fighter 
six news uh we got the trailer for rashid as previously mentioned mm. he looks wonderful. and he looks great uh he continues to have the best music it's very simple and straightforward that that's all you need to know we like him he's mm. good he's coming 10 out of 10 character design can't wait yep uh to do news that like broke immediately after the last podcast uh Persona 3 Reload will only feature content from the original Persona 3. Which is... Can, can I just say bad? I'm just going to say but bad. But it it's will bad. include FES content that modified the original Persona 3 game. So it will include things like Igus' social link and the Elizabeth dates. It will also include separate from social link opportunities to rank up your male party members in some way so that they have character-specific scenes. Okay. That's an improvement. Yeah, the main things that we are losing are Femsi, Theo, and The Answer. Okay. So any additional content that is not part of that P3 base. As I have long, long championed, I do sincerely believe that the female route adds so much more to this game. Now, I haven't seen exactly what they are going to add to Persona 3. I don't know what they're going to do with this additional content. It could be good. It could be better. Than what they wrote in the female route. It's also, yeah. How, however, the differences in character, I believe, are thematically weaker. I Persona 3 is such an interesting game to roleplay because when you're doing it as the male protagonist, you have to roleplay as a depressed little pathetic man. Like your responses do not let you be anything else than a hot topic frequenter. Such a good description for him. But yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, and that works within the themes of the game. The female route is a huge contrast from that because, you know, the themes of the game revolve around death. The male route is someone who is basically accepting it and learning how to live, how to become more than themselves the female root is a character who already likes themselves and is getting more out of others and from a game where the most important thing is connections i like being able to role play that outward effect that you're having on the other characters rather than having the inward effect of all of the characters and being told that you you know basically taking from them to become a more complete person is affecting them I like feeling the effort through the character, and that is what makes the female root so special and so important to me. Mm -hmm. uh, with that said, uh, the voice actors that they've chosen as they've redone the full voice cast for the game are honestly great. They gave uh, performances at Anime Expo, and they did a great job. Uh, I believe Allegra Clark is playing Mitsuru. She sounds spot on from the Terra Plat performance. Like, not a thing changed. Uh, Marisa's voice actor. Um, mm. Just through that. Uh, Alex Lee, Luke from Streets himself, is playing the main protagonist. And, like, all joy to him. All praise to him. Love that for him. Nice. 
So overall, this is a product that I am very mixed on and I need to see as much as I can before I make a decision on if I'm going to get it or not. Or if I would just play the $20 version of the same game that has more game in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. One way or the other. Yeah. Way. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Atari will release Mr. Run and Jump on July 31st. This is the first new game for the Atari 2600 in 33 years. Is it just for the lulls? Or is there like a I, deep I guess. I think it's like a collector's thing for it. I just... I think okay. it's cool. Yeah. I think it's oh, cool. Oh no, it's absolutely I, I, very cool. Yeah. I like supporting legacy consoles like that. It's fun. Mm-hmm. There's not much else to say. I just... He's cool. Yeah. And I like this, the 2600. And then it's getting, like, an official release. All right. That brings us to the Xbox Game Showcase. Xbox shows a lot of games, and none of them were Banjo-Kazooie. Nope. Not a single one. Who could have seen it? My life continues to be a cesspool of suffering in which I get neither of the two series I want, but everything surrounding it is great. There were some a lot of good things shown there, though. I really oh, like were, the, the, uh... I can't remember what it was called. The the stop-motion kind of... Yeah, yeah, uh, South of Midnight. South of was, Midnight, yeah. That was yeah, fantastic. That whole Louisiana Bayou vibe with it. Like, that looked cool. No gameplay. So, like, what that game is, I don't know. But we'll see. Eventually. Maybe. I don't know. Could be good. Could be bad. Interests me. Interesting setting. Interesting animation style. Wow, that what it is. <sighs> uh, Star Wars exists. Which Star Wars is this? I, I don't know. Ubisoft thing? I think so. It's one of them. There were like three straight trailers in that showcase, and none of them had gameplay. And it wasn't the Ubisoft thing, because that was at the Ubisoft. Okay. No, it, it was it was the Star Wars thing that was in the Xbox thing. I don't I don't remember what it was. I was just like, oh, it's another Star Wars. Is I... this the one done by David Cage? No. Okay. Nope. Okay. Fine. Yeah. It's not a disaster then, but it probably will be a smaller disaster. Got it. <laughs> um, I have written here Avowed, which was a game that takes place in the Pillars of Eternity universe. All right. Uh, still not really much about the game either, but I did. I have played Pillars of Eternity. I did quite enjoy it. Very nice fantasy setting. It's kind of the spiritual successor to the original Baldur's Gate games. Mm-hmm. Baldur's that I've Gate heard, yeah. So to have a different kind of Skyrim-esque kind of game set in that universe, I, I, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I'd like to see more. Yeah, exactly. Um, Holy shit, Sea of Thieves Monkey Island. Yeah, that's so cool. That was such a perfect crossover for both of those things to just mesh with. The idea of Sea of Thieves going through tall tales and then speaking to Guybrush Threepwood, who is the biggest bullshitter in the world of tall tales, is beautiful. 
Absolutely. Like, there is no better place for Monkey Island to land, because we just had a new Monkey Island game, and no one cared. Right. I forgot that existed. But Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But being able to bring these characters into something people care about so they can go, well, if you want to check out more, here's this right over here. Like, that is how you are able to let your legacy characters live and thrive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's so good and so cool. They could legitimately do, like, a Grunty-themed thing at some point. They absolutely could. Grunty is already in the lore of Sea of Thieves. Banjo and Kazooie beating her is prophesized in Sea of Thieves to happen. (laughs) So maybe it's not her, it's just one of her ancestors. And you set into motion the events that would eventually culminate. You are the reason in Sea of Thieves that she has such an obsession over her appearance. Something like that. Chat says, one day King K. Rule appears. There is already a ship set in Sea of Thieves that references the Kremlings in the way of, well, long time ago, crocodiles used to sail the seven seas. It was clearly references to DKC2. Probably the most they can get away with, but it's still so cool that it exists. Yeah, it is as under the table as they can, but it's it's yeah. No, if you, if you know anything about the history, it, it's that. Mm hmm. It's like a Golden Nile set or anything, something. I'm not sure. Um, Hellblade continues to have the most captivating trailers where nothing happens, but God, they're good trailers. I mean, that's not true. There was one bit of gameplay in like the one that was three years ago that you threw two javelins and that was it. Yeah, they but nothing. It is. It is so good at creating that whole self-doubt narrative and just that double speak. It's mm-hmm. it effectively conveys to the audience how tortured your character is. And that's really, really hard. Really, really fascinating. I've never played a Hellblade game and I don't know why I should play this one other than just like, wow, look at the thing. I'm so I good at that. I actually own it. I've just never touched it, but. Like, the, everything I hear about it sounds fascinating. It sounds like something that you'd play and it just kind of shake you to your core. Yes. It, it feels like a game that you need to just devote a day to sit down on. Mm-hmm. And that sounds nice. Um, like a Dragon continues to have the best trailers with Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. Ah. <laughs> uh... I mean, what, what, what else do you have to say about it? It's just a really funny trailer. They have done that censorship joke perfectly. Like, just the beats of it, the fluidity of the way that they censor his dame da dong. You know, I'm not actually going to play footage incredible. <laughs> the amount of people in Hawaii looking down at Ichiban and going, Whoa, that man downstairs is like a dragon. <laughs> And Ichiban going, oh no, let me hide my dame da shame. Uh, it's just between the hermit crab moving with him, having somebody pick up a bottle and there's another bottle behind it just to psych you yes. out. It's, it's so good. It's so ready for it. Oh my god. How the hell are they going to dub that game? They're... <laughs> All of the English dialogue is going to have Japanese subtitles, and all of the Japanese dialogue is going to have English <laughs> subtitles. Just hard commits. Oh my god. Like, 
I love Like a Dragon's Dub to death. I think that it actually adds from the Japanese. I think Kaiji Tang as Ichiban is one of my favorite voice acting performances in game. I have no idea how they're going to manage him in Hawaii at all. <laughs> uh, should be fun. It absolutely should be. I cannot wait. Uh, Kunitsugami, uh, Path of the Goddess, that new game from Capcom. Looks right. sick as hell. I sit there and go, oh, Kami? And then I realize, no, it's stupid. Oh, Onimusha? And I'm like, yo, new IP? Let's go. Capcom is just on another level right now. I, I don't know where they find the time, energy, and inspiration to just hit every single thing they attempt to do right now. But the aesthetic of this game is... The, the spore-like hand growths that are just everywhere. Yes. God oh damn. Oh, my God. Nothing is more beautiful in body horror than just hands spouting out of everywhere. Like, it is just such a wonderful, unnerving aesthetic. This is... Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just, I am so fascinated by new thing. It looks good. Gosh, I'm just looking at the footage where the guy stabs his sword into the ground and moves to the hands, and the hands all just move away as a path. It's just, ah, oh, the, the effects in that game are on another level. Yes, I hope this gets the support necessary to just continue as a platform for Capcom. I mean, they can just keep cross-promoting everything in their other games. Like, there's that whole, like, cyber Ryu and Guile in the one dinosaur game as well. Well, yeah, yeah, but and they've always had, like, cross-promotion, like, uh, Evil Ryu and Oni in Asura's Wrath way back when. Yeah, but now all their games are popular, so it's just, it's just gonna be a domino effect of everything supporting everything. We can hope! Just imagine in this game, like, Luke from Streets shows up. He's <laughs> like, oh no, this is a scary game, I hate it. Yes! Oh my, please! Oh no, I have fallen into the video game somehow. What the hell? <laughs> Is this like Japan? <laughs> Wild. Oh, yes, please. <sighs> anyway, they showed off more of a Persona 5 Tactica. That and it exists. It yeah, it does exist, but... Ryuji gets brainwashed and does an Ojo-sama laugh, and that that's all I need. Yeah, character at moments should at least be fun. Yeah. And, like, it has an OC, and every single OC that is in a um, Persona spinoff, except for show, fuck show, is great. Yeah, from what I've seen, I can't deny that. I love Labrys, I love Rei. Zenkichi is kind of ironically Zenkichi's the best great. Thief. Yeah. Don't know if I'll play it, but I will definitely follow the story. Yeah, I will be interested in seeing this game. And if it, like, pans out that people are like, no, there's actually some stuff in it, I'll be like, maybe, maybe. I, I do love XCOM likes. I just... Yes. I just want them to be not just inferior to XCOM. Yeah. We'll see, we'll see. Curiosity yeah. peaked. Yeah. Um... Dungeons of Hinterburg were showed off, and I just like the way it looks. I don't remember this one. It was like that, like, Wisconsin beat-em-up sort of thing. 
like oh, the wilderness right. mountain yeah, hiking yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of one. I just like the style of it. I just looked at it. I was like, "Ooh, pretty!" And like, yeah, in, in an era where we have so many games of this style, I just feel like I should find one or two to latch onto and go, "This one, this one, pretty." This one, indeed, pretty. Like, look at the yeah. gameplay. Very pretty. A uh, cyberpunk. I am so impressed at how much they have managed to turn this ship around through the sheer force of anime. It it is it is powerful. I'll give them that. Like, well done in not making this as much of a disaster as Bethesda showing off a Fallout seventy six trailer and me going really, <laughs> right? You're, really? Like you're still trying after you've poisoned people? Really? <laughs> At least Cyberpunk did not poison people. I got that much. But yeah, um, it looks like they're doing everything that right to make it turn around. Um, they got Susie the Sphere Hunter as a fully voiced and modeled character in this, and that's really cool. It's nice to see influencers who really deserve the credit and attention getting to do cool things in games. Mm-hmm. They go to Dogtown. I don't know what Dogtown is, but it's called Dogtown. <laughs> so, and we get to see Keanu. And that, Keanu that is... isn't like, oh my God, this was a disaster. I'm dead inside. I can't do it. He looked like, no, nah, this is actually okay. And I'm like, good for you. You, you. you can't fully dislike anything with Keanu attached to it. It's just not possible. Exactly. Should have um, gotten him that, for Redfall. That would have, that would have gotten rid of some no, of the pullback. No. That is incorrect. <laughs> and then we got to see what the Persona team has been working on since P5 Vanilla, which yes. is a metaphor. Re-Fantasio? Something like that, yeah. 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 Done by the Persona series director, which they've confirmed is not a Persona game and not an SMT game. It's something new. It looks like an SMT game, but yes. Which confuses me because, like, the SMT games are so vaguely linked in the first place that you could just call it SMT, it's okay. It, it seems more mixed with, like, traditional high fantasy in a way that SMT isn't. Like, there, there's, a, there's a weird combination of Like, I'm seeing elves, I'm seeing fairies. Yeah, but there like Strange like... Journey have took place in Antarctica. So like you you could just call it whatever. I I don't see metaphor picking up as a series that will continue on. It'll be interesting. I I, I think they've built up the pedigree with the last several Persona games that they can get away with the brand recognition and maybe catch people. Uh, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how this is further received and hyped up the more we hear about it. Mm -hmm. I'm curious on it. Um, I, I like, I will say that this setting intrigues me way more than Personas. It's like, it's, it's naturally appealing more to me, just the kind of media mm -hmm. that I like to give. 
I'm a sucker for high fantasy, so Persona I just, high fantasy is a sell. I'm always wary about the Persona team because you can tell that there are good writers on that team and you can tell that there are the writers on the scenes that you wish did not exist on that team. <laughs> uh-huh. And you can tell what parts of the game which one did. And guess what? Ooh. A lot of the main plot of Persona 5 before Royal, which this team did not work on. In a more medieval setting. Ooh. I didn't consider that, eh? Okay, yeah, well, we'll see how it ends up. <laughs> I can't wait to see the medieval hot spring scene. Oh, God, please, no. Dost thou intrude upon the women's bathings? Thy justice will and retribution shall be swift upon the heels of many buckets. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Thou covest thine ample chest too greatly, <laughs> mine senpai. Now, ample bosom. You gotta, you gotta commit full-heartedly. Yeah. No. UI is great. I will agree with that. UI is he top. That, that, that style, direction of UI is, which I, is what I was wishing I was seeing from the Persona 3 remake. Yeah. I, I look at the what they're doing with Persona 3 remake, and it just feels like a neutered down Persona 5. I think they're trying to piggyback off of that style too hard, and they should be trying to go in a different direction. Yes. Alright, and then tell me about Starfield, because I'm not gonna lie, um, that whole stretch i tuned out super hard when i realized oh they can only show me about five seconds of gameplay before turning away to something else which makes me go oh this doesn't look good as a whole game does it honestly i was in the same boat for like most of this mm -hmm. but i did have a so, so uh, how, how do i put this I have no connection to any of Bethesda's games whatsoever. I just I just don't care about them. But a lot of my friends do. And I've just, with the release of this, I've been just trying to reach out to them and be like, okay, ex explain to me the appeal here. Mm -hmm. And the basis of what I've gotten is that it's a great experience for when you just want to be in a setting and just lose yourself in the setting itself. Kind of a... Kind of like a Sea of Thieves styled, uh, what I like about Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, Hogwarts Legacy. Just like, here, here's a setting, exist in the setting, and that's kind of it. And and once I started taking it from that perspective, I, I started to click a little bit more. Just the appeal of just being like, yeah, I, I, you know, I do kind of want to build my own spaceship. That is a four-year-old dream I've had in my entire life. Or just, yeah, I just kind of want to explore planets and stuff. Okay, uh, why would I not play Outer Wilds or Kerbal Space Program or No Man's Sky? No Man's Sky gets it. Like, I, I can't say anything about No, Man, against no Man's Sky as a comparison. Mm -hmm. How do I put this? If you just want kind of a middle ground of everything that you want does that make sense like if there's something specific that you want from a certain game like yeah, i want a really good story here or i want 
freeform gameplay here. I want hyper-focused combat here. I want progression here. But you just said it was about immersion. Yeah, because you just want to be in the world. But why, if, if I'm doing that, why would I not go to the thing that does it better as opposed to the thing that does immersion good and I, does all I the other things I, poorly? I'm trying to explain. Because here's the thing. If you think more about a Bethesda game, the illusion falls apart. Is what I've been getting from people. Once you start analyzing them for like what they can and can't do, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I'm when, trying when do I turn to... my spaceship into Macho Man Randy Savage? I'm tr I'm trying to understand it from my friends' perspectives and trying to like respect what they're telling me. I'm I'm trying to look at it from that vent of like, okay, yeah, I'm, tr I'm trying to. S what they're telling me they're trying to do here is appealing to me. It's it's, it's Bethesda, so I I have very little hope they'll tr for every one game they release that's good. They release two that's utterly broken. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know. They they showed a shot where they just stolen sandwiches from every single person in the universe and just had a locker room full of sandwiches i kind of laughed i was like oh dear that's a hook i don't have a hook in me for a bethesda game what well you be, that's just like the cheese wheel joke where they have a bunch of cheese wheels breath of uh, the, tears of the kingdom just did that with like the cheese shop with the cheese yeah and that's where they got it from that's bethesda humor like that, but that, I can just play Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild's not in space, man. <laughs> I don't know. I, it, it has... If I can see the game running and not breaking, I might pick this up. Just partially because I have friends playing it. Also because I just... I kind of want to understand. So many people like these games. They're... Anytime there's something like that, there is a good reason for it, and it's not clicking with me right now, and I'd like to have that understanding. Because I can't articulate it now. I don't like it when I can't articulate something. Yeah. While I can understand that, I am also a person that was like, oh, Oblivion just came out. Everyone likes this. I'll try it. Played an hour. I was like, this is shit. And, like, I wasn't even a critical person back then. I was like, I'll, I'll play a video game and I'll try to like it because I'm, I'm a child and I'll, I want to enjoy it. But the moment I play it, I was like, this is miserable. I tried playing Skyrim. Skyrim killed me because of the camera. I, I don't understand why there's so much motion blur and so many things. It never yeah. looks good and it makes me so sick. I, I've I wasn't never able to played get into it enough. I've never played a Bethesda game where I felt immersed enough in the world where the entire progression of it didn't feel artificial. Mm -hmm. And what I could do in a Bethesda game, I could also do in like RuneScape for messing with the world mm -hmm. and just feeling that sort of roleplay experience. And I'm like, and RuneScape runs better. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not trying to sell anybody on the game. Like it, it's Bethesda, they don't they don't deserve that, right? But I I, I it, it's I have a curiosity that wasn't there, and I have that kind of almost like a science experiment kind of deal of just being like, yeah, well, maybe I should try this just to see like what's what if I can actually connect with my friend in, in some way here. Yeah. Okay, no, it, that's totally fine. I understand, but like, in order to make this work, I have to break your balls on this. No, no, because I, I have I zero totally interest. I totally understand. So, 
<sighs> okay. That's Starfield showcase, right? I'm pretty sure. Uh, w w it's just when you call this the greatest RPG ever. That's why Bethesda explains all of their games. That's that's and just I start them. To go, I, I get I get the like Waka face from Epic Town. Go... Yeah, because for one thing, the best RPG ever is going to be Baldur's Gate Three. It's not going to be close. But for another, about Bethesda's never gotten close. Yeah. They're, they're still light years away from Yeek, the postmodern RPG. Never touch the greatness. <laughs> In any case, I have a note here about the Ubisoft Star Wars game. Uh, tell me about it. It's. I'm impressed by how Ubisoft, it looks for lack of a better term. Yeah. It's, it's so bizarre that they get so much funding and like i i can see the appeal of the game but it's just like okay i don't know how you managed to make a completely different genre and still be like oh wow i'm watching star wars assassin's creed this is the ubisoftest ubisoft game i have ever seen and i think that's just yeah. kind of impressive yeah like i'm sure it appeals to people like the it's like it seems like a perfectly serviceable cover shooter. Like it has the speeders, but the character is such a Ubisoft character. Like mm -hmm. it, it, it's just the quips. Quips and like, oh yeah, we're trying really hard to make you like this character right now. Ah oh, damn! Look at me. We've seen Uncharted. Wow. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, robot character design was cool. It was so funny. People get, seeing people get hots over a robot. What are you talking about? I've been in anime. I've been getting hots over the robots for decades. We know what no, it's but about. Th this is like a Star Wars, like, Battlefront battle droid. But they gave him, like, the sultriest voice ever. My guy, you and haven't been around hilarious. the Transformers fandom very long, have you? I have not, to be fair. That's, that's true. Uh, that's true. Do you know how many people are like, yo, Starscream, my little fail boy? <laughs> sure. Uh. My little mecha meow meow. Uh. Anyway, um, Capcom did have a little showcase, and there was not much news there, but they did announce the Apollo Justice trilogy. So they are remaking uh, Apollo Justice, as well as Dual Destinies and Spirit of Justice. Nice. So those games that were locked on 3DS jail are free, and also Apollo Justice, the worst Ace Attorney game. Yep, always, always nice to have more options for those. I mean, if you say that. so. I, I do actually like the two 3DS games. Those mm -hmm. are really nice. Now, the only inaccessible one is the Professor Layton spinoff and the two Investigations games, one of which was never officially translated. Mm -hmm. So that that's that. Indeed. Those are... Those are divisive entries in the Ace Attorney franchise. I recommend you play them because there's a lot of good in those. I like Athena a lot. Athena is a great character. Yeah, you're right there. You're right there. A lot of people don't. All right. And that brings us to the Nintendo Direct. 
So there, there were a lot of things in this Nintendo Direct. Pew, pew, pew. Uh, big one, the thing. Super Mario RPG, baby. I wish I could be excited for this. Fuck you, I'm super excited for this. It looks so good. No, I, I'm not disagreeing at all. There's just, I don't think there's a game that I have tried to play more and just failed every time than Super Mario RPG. That there, I've had like six attempts of just trying to go through it and I just, I just get bored. Okay, I'm curious, what stops you? I, I, I can't remember. It, it was mostly in, from like early high school to like... End of Smash 4's... It, it was always old Smash Brothers discussion. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, Gino, 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 throw that at you. See the character. Okay. No, sh- shut up. Gino is like... Uh, he's not even a top three character in Mario RPG for me. He's just there. He's just he's a neat design. He's a cool puppet man with gun arms. That That's basically all you need oh, for no, that. Yeah, I know, I just... If Gino is your selling point, no, your selling point should be that a man mugs another man and Toad is like, well, I couldn't stop him because I left my bazooka at home, idiot. Like, you you need oh, to yeah, enjoy I, I'm, just I'm the sure little the character moments. I'm great. I just, I can't play the game. I get so bored. It is an easy game. I'll give that to you. It is also one of the easiest games to challenge run because of how simple it is and that always gets me to it like i did a solo bowser playthrough of this game years ago and that was so challenging and fun maintaining the limited skill set that bowser has in order to make it work and you can do that and you have that flexibility with all of the characters except don't do it with peach that is the most agonizing run because she is the best healer and nothing else so Mm -hmm. you will win every fight but very very slowly Mm, okay yeah yeah yeah. but there are so many fun little elements of that game that i just really love like every time that you use mario's jump it gets stronger by one might and that scales up to like i think 300 uh like throughout the whole game or an encounter throughout the entire game every time that you use it that move gets slightly stronger There are so many individual little details. What I love about Mario RPG is that every inch of that game is packed with a density of clever writing and secrets and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And that is its appeal to me that as an RPG, it never stops moment to moment. It's just always going. It's always trying something. Mm hmm. And that's really cool for me. And like it's it's the first game that really established what the Mario world was. It's the first game that took obstacle courses and made it into a fully fleshed out world. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's transformative ability, even as someone who experienced like Paper Mario first, like the Thousand Year Door first, Superstar Saga first. I think its ability to transform the Mario world is so special and so exciting. Mm-hmm. What about Mallow? Mallow's great. I love that they add the little cutscene for him tripping and falling on his face and being like, I'm a sad little frog man. Wham, wham, wham. He's a cute little baby. It's 
it's one of those labor of love games where they just pack every little idea and reference that they can into it and not everything hits. I will admit that. And it's an easy game. I will admit that. But I always look forward to what is it going to do next? And sometimes it's just like, here, fight this giant carrot with a scary face. Fight Donkey Kong, but he's doing prison time. Fight this man named Punchinello. He throws bombs. Is he affiliated with anything? No, he's just here. I'm definitely curious, but I don't want to sound like I'm disparaging it at all. Like, I'm so happy for fans of the game that they get to play this game in such mm-hmm. what appears to be, like, one of the best remakes I've seen Nintendo do just off of a first impression. Like, it seems like not only is it beautiful, it seems like they're actively adding, like, like more cutscenes, more ways for the yeah. characters to express themselves. That's awesome. It, it's one of those games that just feels like they love the original and are celebrating that. And I, I know it's... It is a product of its time. I will admit that. Like, I'm not saying that it is a game for absolutely everyone, but I'm saying that it is it is a game that knows what it is and celebrates it to its fullest. And this is looking to bring out more from that vision without taking away from that vision in any way. And that's super cool to me. Nice. I agree. You get to fight a cake. There's just a cake, and it's so good that it came to life and can cast Sandstorm. Uh, continue gushing about it for 30 seconds. I just got a text. I got a package at the door. So. Oh, you got one it. Second. One second. Go. Get your Amazon Prime delivery. Whatever. Anyway, um, yeah, it's the game that establishes RPG Bowser. The best character. Not not in, like, Mario RPG, not in Mario RPGs in general. Maybe the best character Nintendo's ever made. Probably the best character Nintendo's ever made. You want to fight me? You'll lose. Because I won't shut up, and eventually you, dear viewer, will need a throat lozenge. How will the secret boss work? Oh my god, I hope Kulex is just a sprite. I hope he's just an FF4 sprite and nothing has changed about him. If he is a 3D model, it will look really cool, but I will be a little bit sad. Just, ah... I, I am noticing that most of what they showed that was new content does look like super moves and team up attacks, which I am excited for. That's like playing on the idea of Chrono Trigger double and triple techs. Like you can see the three in the clown car, or you can see Peach holding a Starman for Mario to use. But I am always very curious, and we get that bit seeing uh, Mallow chase after Croco, which was a cutscene, is different, so I think that they're going to flesh out quite a bit of that game. Going to look good. Yes, such good game. Agreed, on all accounts. Agree. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Pikachu is voiced by Kaiji Tang again. Please, never let Pikachu be voiced by anyone but Kaiji Tang. That is just 10 out of 10 casting there. I love Detective Pikachu's voice. Will I play the game? Probably not. But then I will see, like, the third game in the series release and go, yo, is that Kaiji Tang? I'm impressed that they decided to choose the 
to bring back the 15 FPS models animations from the other <laughs> yes. games. That, that's a bold <laughs> choice. Well, it is a Pokemon game. They have to be accurate. Mm-hmm. True, true, true. It's, it's how you immerse yourself yeah. in the world. Yep. If anything were to change, oh, Pokemon fans would riot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You see, because Pokemon has not evolved for so long, its fans cannot see any faster than 15 frames. It's too difficult. You show them a 60 <laughs> FPS game, and they're like, I don't get it. Why is it so choppy? Some people get kidney stones. Pokemon fans have just naturally developed Everstones that they can't pass. Exactly. Um, they announced a Princess Peach game that seems to have a theater theme. Which, like, it's so hard to say anything about it, but, like, that's neat that it exists. Yeah, it's good. She deserves another game after the attempt that was Super Princess Peach. Now, will this be better or worse? Uh, it will be hard for it to be worse. Don't say that, man. <laughs> like, looking at the gameplay, the little bits that are shown, it will be hard to be worse. Super Princess Peach is a fine game where nothing happens. It is like... The grilled chicken sandwich at McDonald's of video games. <laughs> it's there, but like, why though? Why would you pick anything else? Uh, it was a great direct from Mario. Like, there wasn't much there for any other series, but like, Nintendo finally remembered their mascot character and just went all out. It's amazing. Nintendo hasn't abandoned Mario. Who could have thought after the major motion picture and everything else? Color me surprised. Yeah. Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, a remake of that, also announced. Right. That's neat. I was really happy to see that. Yeah. I, I hope that, that that gives me hope more than anything else for Kid Icarus. Like, I didn't think there was any chance of it before, but there, I, that there might be some chance now. Probably not. Probably not, but I, let me you, hope. You need, like, a whole team for that? Sakurai is outright pressuring him them in his videos. Being like, it would be nice if I could play this on a bigger screen. Sakurai isn't even an employee. He makes that clear in, like, every video. Like, I'm not associated with Nintendo. Yes, but he's but saying that so he can say that, though. <laughs> but, my fr but my good personal friend, Satoru Iwata, was like, can I do something? And I was like, well, I have to. <laughs> Uh, Dragon Quest Monsters looks like it's going to have, like, good gameplay in a Dragon Quest game for once. So that's cool. Indeed, indeed. Like, it just looks neat. I like the design of monsters in Dragon Quest. I will celebrate that. Uh, Pikmin 1 and 2 are just out now on the Switch? That's so cool. I, I hope that's a consistent thing. J j just let that... S be the tradition moving forward. Yeah, I like the I like these shadow drops of GameCube games. Please release a GameCube game that I specifically like. They'll get Thousand Year Door, probably. Hopefully. They, Maybe not. They can do TTYD. They can do F Zero. They can do Kirby Air Ride. I do like everything I saw of Pikmin 4 as well. I, yeah. I have kind of spoiled myself because I made that video long ago, and they're doing those ideas, but, like, 
forty percent of them. So it's that weird yes. feeling of like, yeah, it's, it's yeah, you. That's yeah. part of it. Uh, you got like forty percent of the XCOM idea there. Like, there, there's at least a hub. You, yeah, he spends. It's just coins, but you can spend them on something. That's neat. It did make me laugh seeing them try to integrate the multiplayer into the main story. Uh, that actually, that fr- I love playing Pikmin three with my youngest brother. That mm-hmm. is such a huge downgrade. That, yes, that actually, I saw really that. Upset me. And then I saw the demo of it, and they just thrashed the computer. And I went, "Oh, this is going to be nothing." Oh, they did the thing where they can't actually make the CPU any good at the multiplayer video game so that people will actually be able to beat it. I love that it's totally just Pikmin 1 game over, Olimar. Yes. Because that's so obvious. It is, and I do like that about it, but God. Oh, I love it when they introduce multiplayer into the main game, but it's shit. It's been a while since we've had one of those. Yeah. The N64 loved that. Now, I don't want to sound like I'm down on Pikmin 4. This is probably my most anticipated Nintendo game of this year still. I, it looks like it's going to be so much fun. There's just just a handful of things. That just like, you, you you took away my family multiplayer. That, that's, that, that hurts a bit. You expect the layer ones to be harder? I do not. I think that they will cap at medium difficulty at best. We'll see. We will see, and I will be proven right. I love Dark Ochi so much. Yes, that is fair. Uh, Mario Kart has Petey Piranha, Toilets, Wiggler, and Kamek. That was... Just hearing your voice slowly droop as we watched that and the reaction. It was like, this is is the best I'm going to get for for Diddy. Is it? No. No. Well, see, that's the thing, because no, if they show Diddy in one of these Mario Kart trailers, I know that the next thing they're going to see has a high probability of being Donkey Kong. If Diddy does not show up, then DK will not be part of the direct. <laughs> so the moment I saw Kamek, I was like, ah, this is it for me. <laughs> I do like that they put Kamek in finally, but that's a long overdue. I do. Kamek needs more respect. Agreed. Glad to see Wiggler back. He deserves a better game than Mario Kart 7 to be in. Glad they have Petey back, too. I like Petey. He was my boy. being uh, completely unable to see anything past his giant head. Exactly. He is the hard mode of Mario Kart. It's amazing. (laughs) There's one more wave. One more chance. We'll see... We'll see if that's the one. Yeah. Bet it all in black. Will it be Donkey Kong or will it not? Uh, Probably the biggest pop-off for me, the Metal Gear Solid collection, including Snake's Revenge of all things. Right. Oh my god. Just Do you know what Snake's Revenge is? No, I do not. So, after Metal Gear 1, Hideo Kojima did not want to make another Metal Gear game. True to form. Mm-hmm. Snake's Revenge is the American NES exclusive sequel to Metal Gear 1, also on the NES. Oh! We're in Big Boss oh, becomes juicy. a cyborg. It is 
the jankest American-only sequel to Metal Gear that was so off that Kojima had to make Metal Gear 2, which led to Metal Gear Solid, which led to him wanting to leave the series, but then making Metal Gear Solid 2, which led to him wanting to leave the series, but making Metal Gear Solid 3, which led to him wanting to leave the series, but making Metal Gear Solid 4, which led to him leaving the series and not being allowed to leave the series and making Metal Gear Solid 5, which led to him being removed from his own series. When you explain it like that, the convoluted timeline makes so much more sense. Right? Well, that's pretty cool. It is the crux to the chain of events that led to the entire Metal Gear Solid series. It is a nothing game. It is an incredible inclusion. The amount of detail that they're going through going so far as to include guidebooks the potential That's for so metal cool. gear online to still exist which was incredible back in its heyday because the, the conceit of it was always that there are six characters who are underpowered and then there is snake mm-hmm. it's a, just a 6v1 but one of you is so much better at stealth and so much more durable than the others that you have to coordinate in order to beat him with the mystique oh, of just okay it's snake it's freaking snake do it yeah just as a pitch that sounds like extremely appealing yeah it sells that fantasy they added characters like ocelot with the bouncing bullets i think mgs4's added mei ling and you would get distracted because her butt is cute <laughs> because of course that was what it was mm-hmm. just yeah Oh my god, Konami, do not screw this up. Because I have... I don't have no faith, but I don't have any faith. Yeah, if you grab a, if you grab a microscope, you'll eventually find it, but... No, there, there's nothing there. Konami could be good now. Ah, Konami could be awful okay. now. Yeah, yeah. No one knows. True. I, the They've just been they gone. Did? Pachinko. Like, a decade ago? Yeah, like, Metal Gear Survive, I think, was the last major release in, like, what, 2018 or something? Mm-hmm. I think there was a Castlevania collection, I guess, but that was... Oh, yeah, they, not the they did that throw that, that bone. Well, no, they did Requiem, which was Rondo and Symphony. Right, I'm thinking of different things. Yeah. yeah so, so like, maybe they released... I, I don't know, I'm not going to make any judgments, I have no idea what's going on there. It's like 50 gigs on Switch? Yeah, I understand! Metal Gear Solid 3 is really big. Oh, right. Cinematic. Yeah, yeah, okay. That checks out. That checks out. Like, you're getting, like, eight games, and most of them are big. Oh, right. That shitty Contra game. Oh, right. Oh, my God. Contra (laughs) Hardcore. You could be a panda. Uh... Let's see. Uh, there was Penny's Big Breakaway, that 3D platformer done by the Sonic Mania team. Yeah, that looks great. With the yo-yos. Yeah, that looks charming as hell. Like, that's just a game where I look at it and I go, ooh, that's a good jump, I think. The uh, potential mobility tools of the yo-yo is just really appealing as a concept. I, I don't have much more to say. I'm just like, ooh, ooh, good 3D platformer. Yes, you. It, it gives Hat in Time vibes, which is a very high compliment to give. 
Exactly. Uh, there was the Star Ocean 2 remake. need to really quickly remember which one this was. There was a lot of RPGs in that direction. They kind of blurred together for me after a bit. Uh, th- this is the one that was Star Ocean 2. Oh, The yes. Star Ocean game that people like. I, I, you, you are the only person I've ever heard talk about Star Ocean. I have very cool. little frame of reference. Awesome. Um... One and two are good games. Two is the one people like. And then three retroactively ruins both the entire series and every game after it. Oh, fun. It's one of those. So just, just, if I ever touch this, never touch three. The world is better off if you don't know three exists. It is fascinating learning how badly three fucks up every single Star Ocean story. I do love this aesthetic, though. Like, yeah, I know it's, no, it's, it's, it's all over the aesthetic. place, but it's, it's... Sprites with shadows in real environments yeah. is so nice. It's it, it doesn't cozy. look as jarring as HD2D usually does. There's less bloom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, four-player couch co-op vampire survivors. Which, like, <laughs> yeah. that's just a perfect game for it. I, I understand, like, no online disappointing, but, like, that game is barely keeping itself from crashing as is. Yeah. So the, I understand. Especially on Nintendo Online? Nah, dude, that's not working. Oh, not a shot. But, like, that sounds really, really fun if I had friends. I might actually go through all Vampire Survivors as opposed to just hitting the 30 and feeling like, now nah, I feel good. It, can you go through, like, is there an end? Is there a story? Yes. They have oh. slowly added things to get to an end point. Oh, cool. Okay, there are actual, okay. like, story beats and stuff now. You kind of have to explore to find it, but, like, you can actually beat Vampire Survivors. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. Uh, penis pigeon rhythm heaven. Yes, it, it was so funny when we were watching that direct. I've just, I know we're all thinking the same thing here. Who's gonna say it first? And it was Tarvold because, of course, it was Tarvold. You're so ready for it. <laughs> it looks like so much fun. It's so dumb, but I, I kind of headbangers. Yes, that's what it was called. <laughs> Yes. Oh, I, I could see bang that. that. Bang I, those I, heads. I could Let's see go. that being the new Fall Guys. That's an easy new Fall Guys. I just bang. This is the stupid game that every streamer's playing right now. Uh, I hope that it hits the meme status. Absolutely. I, I'm Absolutely. praying for that one. Because if it gets there, <laughs> then it has a lot of staying power. By which I mean it has about two months of staying power. Yeah, but if they, not, they, they it will do be a nothing. Lot in those two months. Absolutely. I'm hoping for the best for it. Yeah, it, it just that, seems that's like a great all I will time. say. Um, just have a word that says "wah." Yeah, more, more Wario. Still the weird variety, but it looks fun. I am so upset that I willed this into existence. So mad. <laughs> yes, because you were t- he was talking the whole time before this, being like, it's not going to be Donkey Kong, it's going to be Warrior or something, and he literally just... There was a Donkey Kong game, game here. 
You could have had it, but you you switched the timeline, and they decided to do this instead. Never again. Oh my god. The 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 gif of Kozumi doing just the whole afterwards. I can't wait to see that pop up in everything for the next ten years. God, right? (laughs) It's it's so clear that that was just their own. My body is ready. I feel like a purple Pikmin now. Awada holding the bananas. Like, uh, it's such obvious bait. And Nintendo fans will 100% fall for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How could I switch the DK timeline? I'm too powerful and self defeating. <laughs> uh, but the fact that it is. A sequel to Smooth Moves, I believe it's like more Smooth Moves or the equivalent thereof in Japan, mm-hmm. does make me happy. That is by far my favorite WarioWare. Yeah, yeah. Just I feel like WarioWare fitting the full body motion aesthetic does it wonders as a party game. Because mm-hmm. there's the whole difference of positioning of your entire body. And I think that adds so much to the WarioWare experience. For sure, for sure. It's just more than just, okay, I'll hit one of the buttons, or I'll hit the touch screen, or I'll do the thing, whatever. Agreed. And then the finale, which was not Donkey Kong. It's not Donkey Kong, but I'm so happy with it. I've I've never cared about a 2D Mario game. I've played so many and just never finished, never tried. I just, I, nothing was clicking for me. The second he pulled out the acid shroom, or whatever the hell that plant was, I just kind of sat back for a second. I was like, oh god, it's a Rayman game. I finally have one! (laughs) (sighs) You know what? That's fair enough. What I like about it is that there's a rhythm to it. Mm -hmm. You see like a little spotlight go on each uh, area as it begins to oscillate and get weird. The, the amount of character they're injecting into the into the animations. Like, I, I felt like Mario has been such a vanilla character in the 2D platform or something. It's just very much paint-by-numbers by the books. Like, hey, here's mm-hmm. the Mario doing the Mario things. But he's... The, the animation where it goes through the pipe, his hat is left behind, he has to go back and grab it. That's so good! Yes. Uh, I hate those flowers. I hate them. I can see them getting annoying, but I find them charming. I hate that they speak full sentences. It disturbs me. This is a Bing Bing Wahoo game. What if Why are you beepoing? Speaks... Am I Bing Bing Wahoo? What if everybody else speaks too and that's just all they've shown? Bowser gets infected by one of those flowers and he starts speaking in full complete sentences and just starts monologuing throughout the entire boss battle. You have to fight to get him back to the point where he's not speaking anymore. I would love it. I would be happy with that. Um, I'm happy that Daisy is in the game. Yeah, really happy. She, she finally no, got shut up. That's so much better years. than just having Yellow Toad. I'm so sick of all the gold. <laughs> Give me a real boy or girl, whichever is cooler. Yoshi's on his own as well. I'm curious how many characters are going to be in here. 
If it's just going to be the <laughs> six, or if there's going to be any further. Yeah. What well, was Yoshi in there? I, th- I thought he was his usual oh, no, yeah. power up. You, you area. see, a, you see a shot where there's four Yoshi's playing at the same time. He, he's definitely his own character that you can actually ride okay. as a Yoshi. Okay. All right. Well, that's absolutely fine. Um, cool new fetish. <laughs> that's okay. That that is. I wonder if it's the same animal for every character, or if every character gets their own unique animal. I think it's either just Mario, just Mario and Luigi, or it will be different for everyone. So that that was, I, I'm so I went back to watch the recording because I wanted to just experience it again. I was so loud that the mic cut out just on by mm-hmm. just cackling at when that finally popped. Up. No, I believe in the recording. My response was ah. Uh, but I discomfort aside, I I adore that they're just choosing all these wacky weird things. It's not no, just... yeah, like ad- animation wise, it actually looks pretty fun what, to what, use. What was the stupid new power up in in Wii U? It, uh, it was, that was the flying squirrel suit. Yeah, the, just Tanuki, but slightly different. It had a glide. It was neat. It was better than freaking propeller. I'll give it that. But this, like every bit, I I love how. This trailer is portrayed in a way that you you start seeing it and you're just like, oh, it's just the same thing that we've seen all the time. It just just a steep incline the whole way through of being like, oh no, we're doing something new here, and you just have that slow realization. It was a very very well paced trailer. I will definitely give it that. Uh, I want your wrath, Luigi. There's a One Piece fan. <laughs> Don't this the Super Acorn? I'm not dissing the Super Acorn. I'm saying it's better than most of the new soup power-ups. Low bar, but yes. I'll know. I'm one of the few blue shell apologists. <laughs> yeah, de- de- definitely did not expect to go into direct and leave it with a Mario game being what I was most hyped for, a 2D Mario game. But hell yeah, man, I can't wait for this game. I am super excited for all of the Mario that they're putting out. Anyway. <laughs> Help. What am I helping with? Which one? I'm I'm looking directly at Nintendo. Help. Save me. <laughs> right. Just Hey, you never know. Maybe Donkey Kong's a character. They put Daisy in. Donkey Kong's more likely than Daisy, in my opinion. Isn't wouldn't that be great if Donkey Kong were just a Mario spinoff character again? Wouldn't that just be so that's, so special that's the that people couldn't differentiate the series? You get you get a monkey power up for Luigi, and he turns into a DK Luigi fied. And then Toad's Diddy. CG Project Red. Comms boss argues that Cyberpunk was overhated because it was cool to hate on it that's, at launch. That's right up there with just like, hey, yeah, Bobby Cock, <laughs> we didn't do anything. Like, it, it never ex- Pay no attention to the controversy behind the curtain. It's fine. Everything is fine. Yeah, that that's just like, own up to it. Come on. Mm-hmm. Uh, like... Well, I admit, was it fun to hate on CG Project Red and, uh, in general, 
cyberpunk? Was that the cool thing to do? Did it feel good to do? Yes, absolutely. At the same time, no, the game was bad. The game was hilariously like, bad. We have evidence of Sweden itself going, the game is bad, fix it. <laughs> when your own government is going in legalese, no, the game is bad. Please make sure that it is a functioning video game that is not pulled off of store shelves. God, I forgot about that. They had to straight up get rid of several versions of it. Yes. Yeah, but nothing happens. Like, people were just being mean. It was a trend. Nah, bro. Nah. I think there's a little bit of a problem. Uh, anyway, uh, the Sukiheim remake is getting an English localization for PS4 and Switch in 2024. And that's neat. Uh, this is the visual novel that uh, Melty Blood comes from. Okay. Mainly. And it's one of those seminal VNs that ended up influencing a lot of things. Nice. Like big up there with like your fate stay nights and the like. That you're like, that 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 was a visual novel? I thought it was an anime. So it's just good. I like seeing good pieces of history get solid re-releases. For sure, for sure. And then just a fun one to round us off. Uh, Keita Takahashi, who was the uh, developer of Katamari Damashi, yes! um, reveals to a T a 3D narrative adventure game about T-posing. Oh my gosh. That's... Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, only the Katamari developer would think of something like this. It is such a fun thing. It's It plays an English song about a boy who is T-posing, who is like, I can't wait to do things like use the bathroom by myself, which is difficult when I am T-posing. <laughs> Let me sing a song about the world where I am T-posing all the time. Just like, support this game. It deserves support. It makes me happy. I am bringing this to your attention so that you, the audience, can support this video game and go, look at this obscure game that's going to sneak into my top 10 maybe this year that I will share with my friends so that I can feel cool and not just say, oh, yeah, I know my favorite games. They're all of the Nintendo games. And also this podcast told me that I should like Street Fighter 6, so I'm putting it on the list. Uh, it's, it's so I, I I love the vibe that of the games that developer makes it's unmatched yes <sighs> so yeah did you have any news to add on to that uh just one thing uh okay baldur's gate 3 is pulling a xenoblade being released a month earlier than it was originally intended to and that's just really kind of neat that's good They had a whole... I, I don't know if you've ever seen the, uh, like, announcement showcases that Baldur's Gate guys do. They're mm -hmm. some of the most charming, just, developer-to-consumer showcases you'll ever see. Like, mm -hmm. everybody dresses up and, like, the main director has a full suit of armor that he can barely move around in, but he tries really hard regardless. They have, like, a full, like, adventuring party. They'll bring, like, torches and skulls and food. It's a fantastic showcase. Uh, showed something at the last one that I'm not going to repeat, but it was, I have never 
laughed so hard at a game embracing just saying, okay, we're going to let you just... If there's a choice option there and it makes sense for the character to be that, we're just going to let you do it. Ah, this is... It's its going to be a very, very weird RPG. But that's Larian. I see. And it's just, I... I have been feeling it much here for a while because I have been, um... It, the, the game's been early access for ages. Like, they're, they're pulling a Hades being like, okay, we want you through every step of the process so we can know to make this the best game they can. Mm-hmm. Like, this last week moving forward, I just had that hype hit me of being like, oh, God, this is coming out this month. Oh, right, shit. No, it's here. I'm, I'm so excited now. Hell, yeah, this is going to be my favorite game. Maybe not favorite, but, like, Divinity 2 is top 10. I would be shocked if this game doesn't compete. Yeah, I will be... I will be interested to see how you compare it to Street Fighter and Hi-Fi Rush. I, I, I'm i definitely curious. Like, I'm pretty thrilled about that. People going, oh yeah, that thing in the chat makes me curious. I'm like, hmm. Is it another foot thing? Oh, it's I so much worse than the foot thing. I assume so. It involves a scary and a romantic relationship. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Hmm. Would it involve any part of your body becoming a flute afterward? No, I would be shocked. No, I, I want to provide more because I, I, I have your face in front of me. I want to be able to see this. <laughs> uh, the, the, the director was just kind of teasing people with it. So we wanted to just kind of showcase how the romance can get can build between your various characters so we decided to choose two fan favorites we've got asterion here who everybody knows and loves and then we have the druid halson uh a druid who you know you know i think druid tells enough there the um unleash the beast within is a potential dialogue option oh, I, for asterion oh, hmm <laughs> It cuts to a squirrel. Well, I mean, he could just turn into a bat. Them and, and just going, like, it, it's it's just, um... Like, <coughs> sorry, that's that snuck up on me. Just a squirrel holding an acorn, just watching them, and you just watch his eyes just widen in horror, and the, squirrel, the acorn just falls from its hands and drops from the tree, and that's how they end the scene. <laughs> I was dying of laughter. I see. Well... I'm not one to judge. <laughs> Alrighty. And that does it for our news cycle, I think. Um, <laughs> congratulations on releasing video. I released a video. Yeah, I should have released it three months ago when it was in the public consciousness, but it's alright. Probably, but... Like, you released it. Yeah. Things came out. Hi-Fi Rush is a good game. Go play Hi-Fi Rush. Yeah. Also, finally got the shorts things started. Uh, the th the one highlighting Professor Layton is going to be kind of a regular thing. I'll make him as fast as Carson can make the thumbnails for him. They're very easy to do. Just I want to show a uh, have a bigger spotlight on the really cool ideas I see there because I get that people can't watch hours and hours of live streams and have that be an easily consumable thing. It's just me narrating. That's that's hard to consume in general. Mm hmm. You're you're doing thumbnails for your shorts? Yeah. Oh. 
Well, don't people just like go from one to the next automatically without seeing the thumbnail? Just based on a recommendation? I usually? know, but I can put the thumbnails there and I can put them in the video and I really like commissioning artwork because it feels really good. No, I, I get it, but like money though. I know. Not to undersell Carson. Carson, you're great. However, I, 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 my, my videos aren't monetized. I don't, I don't make these to make money. That's what my steelyard job is for. Yes, but like money is nice. As someone who sat there and was like, I could put how many ad breaks into Cortex? I'm like, wow. <laughs> I'm like, and I'm still doing less than YouTube recommends? Cool. Yeah, YouTube recommends, though. Like, you don't do full YouTube recommends. YouTube's a greedy bastard that tries to waste all of your time. Well, yeah. I tried, I just, I, I tried to put it on the podcast just to see how much they recommend. You can't see the red of the bar anymore. It's just yellow. Yes. It's disgusting. Absolutely. Yeah. You, uh, you uploaded a lot yourself this month. Congratulations. I did. You, you, have, you have a good flow going it, on. It feels good to upload things. You have, you plebeians have over an hour of content for me this month. Savor it. And guess what? I have two videos that will come out this month. They are complete and slated and ready to go. For all of you who have been eagerly awaiting Exodia, this Thursday is when that will come out. Nice. Two weeks from that, unless I get impatient, another video will come out centering around Sonic 2006. I only know the title, but I can't wait. That That is one of the most incendiary titles I've ever seen, and I love it so much. It is an incendiary thumbnail. I can't wait for it to be my least liked video. Because, like, even my most... Not to brag or anything, but, like, even my most disliked videos are still hovering around, like, the 95% positive mark. Mm, same. So, I'm ready for that. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm ready for people to see a title and immediately hit the dislike button. Because that video does everything it can to go, hang on, hang on, one second. But nah, people aren't going to last that long. Uh, can't wait, can't wait. Should be fun. Yep. Um, if the phrase Lanky Kong Cat Dog excites you in any way, that will be a thing in the video. Great. I hope you can't wait, because I can't either. All right, what the hell um, games are coming out in the month of July? Ah, Google, save me today. Oh, I guess also just to talk about what I'm working on. Oh, yeah, uh, please do so. Very sporadic, just like, I, again, so many of my projects are just kind of waiting on Mad Arts to be in a better position, which I know he's working on the thumbnail right now. I am kind of blown away by how many responses that has gotten. Thank you guys so <laughs> much for that. But in oh, terms thank you of guys, sincerely. Make, I got 15 minutes into, like, lightly editing that Pokemon tier list thing. Realized mm -hmm. that this is taking forever. I don't want to do this for all generations. I think I'm just going to do that as a live stream. I'll probably do that at some point this month. Oh, that sounds neat. Yeah, it kind of feels just like a better avenue to do that anyways. Yeah. Um, what else might I make? I still have... 
still working on that culture video, still working on that internet communication video. It's it's they're, they're so hard to make. <laughs> oh work, yeah, you'll, you'll word something, read it back, and just be like, God, I, I could probably word that. Talking about subjects that are somewhat serious that you you're really passionate about, and being like, yeah, no, but like I have a story here that like this really helped me, and if we do this more, that'll help others as well. But like you got to be very. Uh, so someday those will release. Will yeah, this no, I get. I don't it. know. We'll find out, and I might yeah. might get to. Oh, I can talk about this. Uh, okay. After the uh, roster reboot ramble that I made, that I'll be perfectly honest, I kind of pushed that out more to like Signal Boots, Mad Arts than anywhere, anything else. Yes. Performed better than Ridley's video did in two days, so I'll probably make more of those. It's an easy yeah. topic to ramble about, and I find it fun. Yeah, good. I will make a sequel, maybe two, maybe more. I can't believe you overrepped Gen 1 of Pokemon again. At, pff, do, do I have to go on a tan, tangent? The generation argument in of itself <laughs> around Pokemon is severely flawed. Taking like that only... Because for one, the Pokemon are only a fraction of what's actually in the games. you got the professors, you got the villainous teams, you got all that kind of stuff. And it also just completely limits how many Pokemon you can put in the game. Because there's nine generations. You're never going to have nine character slots to be able to fulfill all of them. It's way better to try to focus on specific elements of like, okay, here's the trainers. Here's the villain teams. Here's maybe a professor that uses Pokemon. And then kind of have them just take various bits and chunks from the various generations to get a more all-encompassing experience. Mm-hmm. Rant over. What That's all games? I wanted. I just wanted to get that out of you. <laughs> uh, oh, Exoprimal's coming out. I don't know if I'll... Yeah, Exoprimal's that, coming out. Been uh, nailing everything else, so maybe. Yep. Uh, let's see. Pikmin oh, 4, yeah, obviously. Pikmin. Yeah. Um, that Mickey's Illusion Island game is coming out. Uh, Telltale's a back tell- in the expanse. Yeah, a Telltale game? Mm-hmm. And the expanse is really good so definitely intrigued by that uh oh uh ratchet and clank rift apart is getting a pc port a viewfinder which looks me it's like one of those super liminal styles yeah yeah the one that you use the camera to take pictures of things you can impose what you take the pictures of into the ground in front of you yes Yes. Oh, that looks like such a good game that would break my brain. Absolutely. That's one of those, oh, neat, I won't play. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is not an insult to it. It's just like a, yeah, that's not the style of game I play at all. Hmm. All right. Any others? All right. Not seeing anything else. No. Um. Anything else doesn't matter. All right, let's hit the bonus stage. Transition. Welcome to bonus stage. All right. Mine is very short. Did you mind if I go first? Oh yeah, go for it. All right. So I've been what I've been doing a couple of things. Uh, this week I have started listening to history podcasts at work. Trying to mm-hmm. take that time of just listening to music and being like, oh, okay, I can learn something like that. 
I want to finish all the ones I'm doing right now before I really like talk in depth about it, but I would highly recommend it, the Fall of Civilizations podcast to anybody that's kind of interested in that same thing. It's really fun deep dives into uh, the start, rise, and fall of civilizations, exploring why different civilizations stop working. Spoiler alert, right. it's usually because a king can't decide their subjects properly and it just breaks apart. Or food. Mm-hmm. It's shocking how poorly that can come out. Uh, I've also started watching The Expanse, the Telltale ge- thing that the Telltale game is about. Phenomenal show. I'm only on the second season, but goddamn, the second they started talking about, like, oh, yes, the the political divides between the people of Mars and Earth and how the Martians are so much more focused on a community and a single militaristic goal because they're all focusing on terraforming this planet. It's like, oh, you've put a lot of thought into this world building, and I really, really, really love this. Mm-hmm. Very good show. But uh, this time I kind of just wanted to switch things up a little bit and just give out a recommendation. Because this month I started frequenting a karaoke bar. Ooh, okay. And this has been like one of the healthiest decisions I've ever made. Well, I drink a lot. Maybe not healthiest decisions, but like from a social standpoint. Socially. Yeah, no, no, no. I believe you. Because like everybody knows that karaoke is absolutely terrifying. You're getting up in front of a crowd. A lot of them are strangers you've never met. And you're just belting out a song for all to hear. Yes. But if you can actually overcome that hurdle, I was just being like, oh, no, I'm scary, but maybe I should do this. It feels amazing. Mm-hmm. Just to get now, be able to master that shame and turn it into just excitement and having fun because, like, everybody sucks at karaoke. You're not going to find yeah. any good people. Now, now, let me ask, is it like a karaoke setup in a bar or is it like a full karaoke bar where they have like soundproof rooms for each karaoke setup? Oh no, it's just a bar with a karaoke setup. So like traditional Got bar it. every Thursday there's karaoke. Gotcha. All right. That's still neat. More terrifying, but neat. <laughs> it, it, it's just nice. Like, if you ever want, like if you feel like you're in a shell and want to break out of it, like it's been so fun. I, I think I've only done like three times now. I like, mm-hmm. noticed that the first time I was like, I was terrified. Second time I needed a few drinks. Third time, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll sing a few. Why not? You can feel yourself literally breaking out of your shell, and it feels amazing. Also amazing is to rickroll a bar full of people. That feels great, too. Oh, I believe it. People will be so upset for, like, three seconds. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a good time. If you are of age, and there's one of them in the area, I would highly recommend Nice. Very cool. What you got? Damn, you were quick. Um, So over the past few months, what I've been doing uh, before I go to bed is uh, reading a lot of manga. Mm-hmm. Um, Just a general, the not to advertise the Shonen Jump app, but it's, it's like two bucks a month. So that's a very easy couple month commitments to just go okay i can like waste half an hour 45 minutes so i can actually wind down and get to sleep and get some nice storytelling and i've gone through a ton of manga over the past few months which has gotten into my late night gaming time i will admit but let's see bunch of things i've gone through i've gone through the entirety of bleach which is a lot like a lot a lot that's been a big one. I went through a bunch of one shots done by the Chainsaw Man author. It helps me keep up to date with Chainsaw Man, with One Piece, with a bunch of my favorites. Uh, Shoha Shoten, which is a one on comedy, which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I believe it's pronounced Akane Banashi, which is about Rakugo, which is a Japanese comedy styling where you're essentially just doing storytelling to an audience and adapting that for the modern age and both the development and culture of it and essentially how it is struggling in the modern age and yet the artistry behind it and I love seeing that because it illustrates the stories in a very traditional heavy ink Japanese style and then has a very modern take for the actual characters. And that's been really cool seeing the visual representation of a oral art. Nice. Um, went through all of Hunter Hunter, went through all of Dragon Ball Z, went through all of Yu-Gi-Oh, all of Yu-Gi-Oh GX. Wow. Damn, dude. <laughs> Uh, went through Candy Flurry, went through the Food Wars spinoff, but it's Sanji. <laughs> it's just literally Sanji getting the Food Wars reaction shots at various points in the One Piece story. Mm -hmm. Um, All of these have been great, but I need to recommend my absolute favorite that I've gone through, which I am only recommending to everyone because I need more people to talk about it with me, and that is Sakamoto Days. Are you familiar at all with Sakamoto Days? I have Days? never heard of this. Fantastic. Let me sell it to you very quickly. It is the crossroads between Assassination Classroom and Spy Family. Ooh. And it hits those vibes immaculately. The idea is that there is the greatest assassin in the world. His special skill is that he is Jackie Chan levels of proficient with any item. He can kill an entire room of people with just a ballpoint pen, deflecting their bullets with it perfectly. He is retired. He has a wife and a child. And because he learned on a undercover mission that child that children thinks it's funny when you are fat he has gotten horribly out of shape so it is just oh. he is a that is a 10 out of 10 character design he is a chubby old man who is a tired quiet soft-spoken assassin going through his life with all of these off-the-wall assassin characters constantly coming after him and him having to deal with things. And it just consistently ramps up its tension in a way that is simultaneously really, really heartfelt and just topping itself consistently with the ability to do its absurdity. Because the first character he goes through is like, ha, huh, I'm a psychic rookie assassin. There is no way you have gone soft, old man. I can predict your every move. Holy shit. You have me in a chokehold. Oh, my God. <laughs> he just reads his mind and he sees himself dying in five different ways and goes, I can't stop this. Oh, God. Um, can I work for you at your convenience store? Yes. And then he becomes a permanent part of the Sakamoto family. You get to see him doing a character from the Chinese Mafia, who is a little mafia princess, but then she has a drunken kung fu style when she has even a drop of booze. And you get the natural comedy that comes with that, combined with incredibly well-thought-out fight choreography. Sick. Okay. And at the same time, it all comes from a character who is like, I just want to be a good dad. 
I love my wife so, so much. Oh god, oh god, I left this behind me. My wife cannot find out, you guys. It would be so bad if my wife found out that I anti-assassined, and we have assassins coming after our daughter who loves me. That would stress her out. And then she finds out, and she's like, Honey, you said you wouldn't keep secrets from me. I am more upset at that. That's fantastic. They have to infiltrate a museum, and it is going perfectly. However, they do not have the proper voice recognition, and a robot dinosaur shows up, and they have to fight a robot dinosaur. And Sakamoto's reaction is, I've never killed a dinosaur before. Let's go. Just that kind of sort of one-punch, man. doesn't matter what you're faced up against. You know that you're better than literally everything you're coming up against, so you're more upset about just weird, random things. To an extent, but then consider that he is out of shape. There are people who have gotten to his level in different ways. He is naturally more skilled than them, and he can find a way out oh, of it. So but, he but he cannot win every encounter. He can survive every encounter. Absolutely. He can fight anyone else to a draw. 100%. Later in the series, you get a fangirl of him who knows all of his moves, but loses only because the shock of him becoming so fat and out of shape has ruined her entire perception of reality. <laughs> and she goes, no, no, it shouldn't affect me like this. I, I should be able to see behind this. He still has the technique I love. Am I a fake fan? <laughs> Glorious. Absolutely glorious. It is that kind of comedy that you only get from stuff like Spy Family, combined with the ideas and identity of something like Assassination Classroom, where, where you see essentially a student character inheriting these lessons, inheriting both skills necessary to do incredibly violent jobs and yet a kindness and it doesn't skimp out on ideas like violence and gore it gets really painfully graphic at times you feel the weight of things you get chunks of people that get absolutely blown off and then sakamoto is there and it's a fat chubby man and he's like hello i'm going to save the day now <laughs> there is simultaneously a contrast to it and a gravity to it that like like you said is is like that one punch man where genos will get absolutely wrecked and fucked up the entire time and then saitama will show up and be like hi anyway let's go but combining that with something more of a heart to it that i just fought rather than purely a commentary on the superhero genre and Shonen Jump in general progression that I find absolutely intoxicating to read. Um, it is still ongoing. I believe there are about 180 chapters out right now. So it'll be it'll give you a hefty read. You'll get multiple story arcs out of it and it's successful enough that I think it will make it to the end of its run. Excellent. But like, yeah, this doesn't have an anime yet. God, I hope they adapt it well, because his ability to improvise and use any object in the environment to his advantage is amazing and beautiful, and they play with that for all it's worth. I recommend it to anyone. Yeah, you've definitely sold me. Don't know if I have the time for it, but like, it, it's, it's <laughs> sold me better than most other things you try to sell me on. Like, this sounds like so much fun. 
but don't do that. Now I'm going to feel self-conscious about like, well, what else can I sell you on better? <laughs> what, what more can I do? I'm just one man. Like, it is good enough that I'm like, okay, I'm figuring out how to cosplay this character. I want that. <laughs> yes, please. I have already ordered the glasses. <laughs> that is the first step. If I have the one piece of it that I can continue going forward. So, yes, that is Sakamoto Days. Please, please, please read it so that I have anyone to talk about with it. Thank you for your time. Ah, let's wrap up with some comments. Let's. Alright, I'm going to remember to do the music at the start of this, because I have not for any of the other ones. Well, that would be helpful. Uh, let's go with... Uh, this is a reminder, this please please hit hashtag DDG comment in the comments if you would like to have a comment. Indeed, indeed. Uh, from Travis Nakahira, which silent protagonists do you think could be pulled off well if they had a voice? See, that's an issue. Because if a silent protagonist can be pulled off well if they had a voice, then they probably shouldn't be a silent protagonist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, the, the easy response for me to do by default is you, Narukami. Because yes. when he got a voice, he became hilarious. And that added so much because he just became third option you. I think Gordon Freeman would benefit from it extremely so. It, it, that's always been kind of the whole joke of the series. Like, people just trying to have full conversations around me, just stonewall the entire time. Yes. Um, oh, you know, maybe a weird pull. Not really a protagonist, but it's technically your self-inserts. Mm -hmm. Mark from Fire Emblem 7. Because it's oh. so weird to just have this character that you're like, oh, right, yeah, I'm supposed to be in this game. As somebody. I always forget that there is the tactician in that game. Right? Like, I, I have my problems with the Awakening games moving forward, but I think Robin was a better execution of that tremendously. I just hate how that was tied with a dating simulator that kind of overrode all character interactions in general. Oh, I agree. Uh, the Chris from FE12 does it. Yeah. Like, I think that would be fantastic. Yeah, I can I could definitely feel that. Um... Try to think. Like, would any Dragon Quest protagonist fit the bill? I think Eleven would. I think with that, everyone yeah. else having full voice acting in it, it is a bit jarring that he is a... Uh, huh? Huh? Oh, yeah? Mm -hmm. That kind of character. Um... I would be interested to see Link. I don't think it's purely necessary. Yeah, he, he doesn't really need it. For his character you know to still shine through. I would like to see it in Hyrule Warriors rather than Mainline. Yeah. Yeah, test that ground. I, you know what? I'm popular opinion because of how it was botched before, but I think Samus could genuinely be done extremely well just with better writing. Yes. Just maybe have the like issue some kind of audio logs that she's recording about her adventures or 
Uh, like, kind of just, like, Martian style. Like, hey, I, I'm lost in space. Let me just kind of do this to keep myself from going insane. I feel like that'd be a great way to expand her character. Yeah, the issue wasn't voice. It was voice direction. Mm -hmm. Most certainly. A Surge from Chrono Cross Silent? I feel like that's a game that could really use I something. I can't remember. I'm trying to remember. I've never, never played Chrono Cross, I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, Strangers of Paradise proves that the entire FF1 cast, that would be helpful. <laughs> yeah. I feel like most remakes of old games could benefit in some way. There's very few instances where I feel like a silent protagonist outright benefits the experience. It's more just that you're avoiding the problems that come with an unlikable protagonist, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. I did think no for Dragon Quest V. I think that game benefits from having a silent protagonist that is purely your decisions because that allows your actions to speak loudly. I want Deltarune to eventually have one. I feel like that's where it's going to have that disconnect yes. between yourself and the actual character of Chris. Yes. Um, I, think I'm, I think I'm satisfied with those answers. No, actually, yeah, wait, 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 uh, wait, one more. I think Red could use do with a voice at this point. I'd love to see an no, exploration of that character. No, not that one. Oh, uh, why not? I think he's a symbol of Gen 1, and I think having that legacy symbol is incredibly important. All right, all right. I think that having the joke on the SSN where you talk to a waiter is like, Bonjour, what would you like? Ah, le strong silent type. Okay, like, yeah, they, fair, They've fair enough, always fair characterized him as being a silent protagonist. Like, it's his thing. People joke about that with him. Yeah, fair enough. Redfarious says, don't like Rayman becoming one. Absolutely agree with that. I hate mm -hmm. that they devolved the series so heavily in that. Like, Rayman had so much identity when they were kind of going through that kind of Saturday Night Live-style dialogue with Rayman 3. I would have loved to see that expanded upon further, but it's kind of tripped and fell in the design of the series didn't know where to go yeah i want him to um, speak in the rabbits dlc i'll be upset if he doesn't i hope that they let wario speak full sentences again because the yes. one time he did in wario where gold was beautiful martinet was having such a good time Let's grab. Doo, 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 doo. This is an interesting one. Uh, from mm -hmm. Magic Ice, it's a, it's a bit long, so bear with me. What makes a remake slash remaster better than the original version? For example, if a game from your top 100 got a brand new remaster remake, what would it take to surpass the original in your eyes? I originally wrote this question when you guys did your top 100s, but since MGS Delta and P3 Reloaded just got announced, and Pierre talked a lot about Fire Red Leaf Green, I feel like it's appropriate to ask again since you guys didn't really get around to it. I'm uh, noticing, like, examples between, like, different versions of Persona 4, different versions of Sonic Adventure 2, Ocarina of Time 3D. Like, what, what kind of puts one version over the other? Just the feel and vibe of each version in general. Like, to, to compare uh, Persona 4 to Persona 4 Golden, 
a majority of that is the same and golden is adding additional content the additional content in golden i feel harms the pacing of the game and also makes it much easier in a way that i personally dislike uh if I'm looking at a game and I'm going, which version would I prefer to replay? Or do I have a preference between the two? Then that is very, very important for me, depending on how well... Essentially, if a remake can both maintain the vibe of the original and then expand upon it in its own unique way, then I think that it's doing what it needs to i think a remake needs to capture the feel of the original not necessarily the structure of it but the feel of it i agree with that uh i very briefly had four on my list before i did some restructuring but it wasn't a question in my mind to do regular four or golden because i enjoyed so much about four but i actively disliked a lot of what golden i, I just don't like marie and she's I can tell that she's stapled on to the regular game with how much of a focus is put on mm -hmm. her. And it just feels... Right. I can feel the disconnect, and it just takes me out of the experience. Mm -hmm. uh, another example I'd give is Majora's Mask 3D. Like, that game yes. did give a lot of improvements in various ways, but it takes away several things that just lose a lot of charm. Like, I really don't like how all the bosses have that eye that pops out. It's a very samey design choice that i'm just not fond of i hate what they did with swimming yes like losing something that big is just a hard pass of like no this is so much fun in the original you can't do that mm -hmm. uh, so, i just don't like half commitments like they did with ocarina of time 3d when you're just when you're improving some of it but not all of it and i can just kind of see the differences of being like oh yeah that that Link's model looks pretty great, but that fence is still the Ocarina of Time fence, and that's just bizarre to watch them alongside each other. Yeah, like, like there's there's a reason that we still praise Metal Gear Solid 1 and not so much Twin Snakes. Yes, exactly. Because Twin Snakes is a game that is essentially rebuilt MGS1. It looks better. Most of the original voice cast is still there. It has, by all means better mechanics in it but those mechanics are not implemented in a way that is thoughtful to the original design and also all of the voice actors sound much more tired <laughs> yeah yeah for sure yeah. it's a case-by-case -case basis if the remake improves goes in a different direction and if you like that direction more or less like yeah that, good example royal like royal is just an outright improvement on base persona 5 absolutely agreed Same thing with me. It's why people prefer Persona 3 FES to Persona 3 Portable and vice versa. And why they're going to argue at Reload coming out. Mm -hmm. It's what elements of the game matter more to you. If you like the finality of the answer more than any other given element and you want to say, no, this is a complete story and I like where it goes, then it doesn't matter what Portable does. It doesn't matter what Reload does. FES is going to be your preferred version of the game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's why that's why Melee lasted as long as it did before Ultimate kind of finally eclipsed it. It's just people had that preferred version of this gameplay style and just future iterations just didn't capture them in the same way. Uh, what about Live Alive? Yeah, uh, the remake is better. It's it's kind of just additive. Is it? Yeah, it's, like it's additive. one thing that's worse and it's just yep. a small thing. It, it's, it's a major thing, but it's a small thing. And what they add... Oh, what they add... 
That's like, mm. just the remixes alone, man. Yeah. The ability to play the game is so greatly improved because not only is the original art style ugly, it is difficult to tell where you need to go at times. Mm hmm. All right, let's do. Um, not heavily feeling most. You know, we have a live audience. I'll also take some from the chat if anybody has especially juicy ones. Uh, but from Dixo, if you could take one IP and make a reboot or spin off with a lighter tone, akin to the TMNT cartoons or the Mask movie, what would you pick, and how would it go? Okay. Okay, that's wide. What could what could do with just chilling out a little bit? I don't want to say Saturday morning cartoon doom, but that's <laughs> popping into my head. <laughs> I it'd feel weird, but I wouldn't hate it. I just think it would be really, really silly to see anyone try. <laughs> I could see a slice of life version of Final Fantasy VIII. Ooh, yeah. See that, but with like sort of the tonality of FF9 still have that drama that impact but make squalls brooding a joke rather than the weight of the entire game mm-hmm mm -hmm. wiseman says duke nukem i think that's a really good choice i i feel like it's gotten past the point where that edgy humor really lands anymore yeah i think duke nukem but everyone in the universe acknowledges that he's a loser is good or duke nukem but he's just johnny bravo yes oh my god yes <laughs> this is a difficult question There's a... the, the, it is because it, it's something that like you have to pick something that would take itself too seriously mm-hmm mm-hmm and then go, okay, but what if we tone it down a little? This is what we edit out of the podcast <laughs> before. Now you get to now you all get to see it to as we it agonize now. here on your questions. Just like the thirty sec thirty minutes of pauses that we have in between of, everything. Hmm. What could possibly be here? They kind of tried to do it with Chimera Squad. I don't feel like it worked, but I would like a post-XCOM 2 exploration of just various stories about, okay, aliens are just among us now. The kind of hive mind overlords are gone. How does this integrate with society? Mm -hmm. I, 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 the Chimera Squad had too much of a heavy-handed, like, oh, yeah, Everybody gets along now, and we're just going to sing Kumbaya, but they're doing it at the same time while they're, like, actively changing alien designs to look more human. So it almost comes across as a, oh, yeah, you can be here so long as you conform to us, and it, it just gets really messy. But I feel like an active storyline of just 
maybe just a, like a slice of life or a, almost a Sims game even of just being like, oh yeah, let's just, how do these various cultures and stories interact with each other? I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, okay, so Fables, which it, the comic series that uh, The Wolf Among Us is based off of. Oh. But in the style of The Tick. Yes, like, please. Don't, don't have it star Bigby. <laughs> Bigby can be the Batman of the series, still taking things absolutely seriously. Spin it off with whatever main character for whatever fable that you want. I can't think of one that hasn't been used already. I'm trying real hard here to not just stall out and go, ah, Just, just look uh, at like uh, a blank... Like just a, like a Sparknotes version of like what what was that show? Uh, uh, Once upon a time. Just look yes. at everything that they've covered and be like, okay, I'm gonna take this, I'm gonna take this. Yes, gonna but not the Disney this. ones. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 not the Disney I don't know, ones. If, but just like get want, a Gaston. If we want to go in the other direction, I'd love to see some Disney ones change up like yeah, that. No, like get a Gaston equivalent, taking everything still in the context of his original story, just like. Have a character who is like Groose interacting with the world, world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just that dark, dismal fairy tale world. But he is still taking it in that tonality of it, in the original tonality and spirit of it with a comedy twinge. I think that has a ton of potential. All right. I'll throw you a ball with this one from Jared Hebert. What new character types do you want to see in Dark You can read it. It's right there. What do you want to see Moth in Dark Souls 4? I want to see Mothman. That's it. I, I just want Mothman. And it has, like, powders. And you add the powders and horrible demon things. <laughs> That'd be so cool. Give me, give me more just general mythology. Give me the Jersey Devil or whatever. Uh, I, I've already seen the takes on Sayoko with Killer Instincts Hisako, but give me that sort of the ring creepy girl vibe. Give me a cursed Ooh, yeah. doll. Mm-hmm. Ma- give me a puppet character that is a cursed doll. And it's really just like a 27-year-old dude from Jersey, but he's in like a creepy marionette doll of a little girl. He's like, I don't freaking know. I just want to get home, my guy. Mm-hmm. Like, give me fun, radical departures of characters and just weird bits of mythology. Give me a chupacabra. Oh, yeah. Absolutely down for that. Uh, let's do one more. Uh, from 8-Bit Wise Man, what are some of the best and worst puzzles you've seen in a game, as in the methods of solving them are either clever or bullshit? Uh... The one that comes to mind immediately is the Resident Evil 4 slide puzzle, where if you the more moves you do, the worse it becomes. And you just ruin yourself when it can really be solved in like two or three moves. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's worst or best, but it is there. The thing that popped into my head first was Lieutenant Surge's just random trash can puzzles. Yep. I can't stand that. No, that's awful. The, the ability to play the odds is rough. Um, 
I'm not fond of lazy puzzles. Like, they're not bad, they're not frustrating, but when it's clearly just like, okay, you're clearly doing this just to... Like, the, I saw the ones in um Half-Life Alex where you just put your... You just put that there, and you twist it there, and you just do it every single time. Like, that's that's just... You're just feel, killing time. Puzzles that are meant to kill time, those drive me nuts. Yes. Um... For the most part, I hate puzzles that are just look around the room and find the thing you need to interact with and then interact with the thing. Shoot, shoot the I'm Zelda sure eye. That, yes. I'm sure that everyone has one specific Zelda example of I found the thing to hit or I found the one block in the room I need to push. Mm-hmm. But I will say when they twist that in a way of I'm, I'm thinking of Majora's Mask right now, the 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 first dungeon where you have to stand on a spinning platform and you got to shoot through the torch in the perfect way to hit the other torch. Stuff like that's yes. really fun. Yes, that's like that. fine. Using the environment to your advantage is fine. It's just a matter of find the one spot in the room. Um, one of my absolute favorites is from a wrong ROM hack called uh, Banjo-Kazooie Jiggies of Time. And it is a complete remake of Banjo-Kazooie in Ocarina of Time. And they have completely redone every single level. Oh, wow. um, they've redone the layouts of every Ocarina of Time level to fit a platformer. So, like, you platform up Hyrule Castle, and hi- it mixes in with Hyrule Castle Town. It's really, really cool. They turn the Forest Temple into an escape room. Ooh, okay. So... The entire bit of it is that there are symbols all over and you have to decode the alphabet, which are put in different places through the dungeon that you get by collecting objects and finding your way to them and finding secret routes and ducking around things. It is actively having you collect information in addition to objects, and that capitalizes on Banjo's elements and the elements of the Forest Temple so cleverly, and I adore that. Yeah, those kind of information collecting where you have to, where you kind of feel like you're investigating. Uh, an mm-hmm. example I can give is um, from from Signalis, and really just Resident Evil games in general. When you right. get just the simple thing of being like, okay, here's a safe here. How do I find this? Let me just go through all my notes, go through all this. There's a bit in that game where you get like this optical like camera that you can improve and put into your eye. And you'll mm-hmm. have these lock patterns on doors that you can only find through uh, attaching like setting your radio to se- separate frequencies and that those frequencies will cause some other area to show the pattern. So you have to take pictures of those and bring them back to the areas that you want and the things take parts of your inventory slots. Just that kind of... The ones that make you feel like an investigator just really make you feel yes. smart when you get to the end of them. Yes. Absolutely. Um, in general, moments where you're sitting there and are going, wait a second. Oh! When you just realize something is the best possible feeling mm-hmm. my favorite bits of that is when it hits you and it's an answer that you do not want to put in like when you realize in like a mystery game who the killer might be and you don't like who it is because you don't want it to be them yeah if it actually like actually frustrates you be like oh no wait no that's no i like like one of the simple uh examples is uh there's a rpg maker game called the witch's house and uh you get a little frog buddy 
And the frog buddy helps you solve puzzles because, like, there's, like, a little frog stuffed doll. And you need to um, put the frog on the other side in a mirrored room in order to make a perfect mirror. So you have a little frog buddy and you guide him to there. And you put him there and he helps you solve the puzzle. And he's like, it happily leaps back into your pocket. And then you find a door and you go, there is a snake on the other side. There is a small hole that you could insert something into. The snake sounds hungry. (laughs) It is not much of a puzzle, but then he goes, the frog looks nervous when you look at him in your inventory. Oh, that's horrible. I love that from a design perspective so much. I respect the hell of that. That's so (laughs) bad. Is it not much of a puzzle? Yeah. Does it hurt? Yeah. Are you looking for every other way? Yes. Do you know it's the kind of game that will let you have another way? Absolutely it won't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But just if you can get moments like that and tie it into your story, that's beautiful. I've been kind of skirting around it because of an obvious answer, but like physics puzzles and portal are absolutely phenomenal. I'm halfway between that because physics puzzles and portal, I like physics puzzles in Half-Life 2. I'm like, I get it. You made a seesaw. They have to be actively designed around it and like actively trying it, to It is actively designed around it. around it. The thing is just look at how impressive it is we made a seesaw. Well yeah, they're just showing off though. They're not trying to brain tease you. It's just like, whoa. There's a couple of like, breaths of the I wild get it, Mr. Freeman. But like if it, it's actively just taking your brain, being like, okay, how do I get there? I can see the, the little bubbles that are rising up. I can know I can bounce off of those, but how the hell do I get those to there so I can go from there to there? And just, like, yep. solving a puzzle backwards, that's always a great feeling in those games. Yeah. Oh, some of my favorite moments are, like, in Metroid Zero Mission, having Shine Spark puzzles and just figure yes. out how do I maintain that momentum. Oh, Shine Spark puzzles are so good. Yes. All right. I think... That is good for now. Thank you to everybody who submitted and who stayed with us this entire time. Anybody Absolutely. wishing to submit comments and just needs to do so in the comment section of the stream, just go ahead and type hashtag DDG comments and we might select it for the next installment. Most definitely. All right. Thank you guys for watching. It's always a ton of yep. fun. Thank you all. Uh, none of you gave me good title drop suggestions, though, so yeah, I'm disappointed. You had the one Diablo. Oh shit! I can't remember the Diablo one. What was you the had Diablo one, one job? Exactly. You're going to have to rewatch the episode. Find out. It's going to be terrible. Damn it! <laughs> all right, but I'll go do that. Yep. Uh, thank you all. Please read Sakamoto Day so I can talk to somebody about.